everybody, welcome to the 12th MCU movie, A Case My Mom Found. I am Mike Culverton. Who is shrinking down with me tonight? An unfortunate casualty in a very serious operation, Michael K. Hughes. And uh, this podcast is the work of gypsies, <laughs> Bill Tucker. Still funny. Still funny. <laughs> I try, I try, I try. I completely had forgotten that, so even though, you know. Now you gotta explain what now you explain. I was gonna explain it anyway. <laughs> this is round two, because earlier today we tried to record this episode and the internet decided to crash on me for no apparent reason. So luckily we didn't get far before it happened. Yeah, it was like fifteen minutes. So you you only have to hear us say the same thing. Well actually, you only have to hear us saying the same thing we said again this morning, but not to you, the listener, but only to us. Yeah, only we have to react the same way we did a, a few hours ago. So hope that's clear yeah. to everyone. All right, now I'll introduce the movie that we're talking about. We are talking about Ant-Man. That came out in... 2015. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on purpose. I'm like, wait, like, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, man. So, Bill, I know you missed some of the MC movies. Did you? Had you seen this one before? Yeah, I did. I saw this theatrically. I, this was the period of time when I was seeing movies or seeing the Marvel movies regularly opening weekend with some friends, my my movie crew. And, and I remember feeling basically the same about it then as I did now. It's a very slight movie, but it's a very, it's a great breath of fresh air. It's a, a good, oh, yeah. it, the, the MCU really needed this after Ultron, you know, like the giant Thanksgiving feast that is Ultron. It needed something small and, and lightweight and unassuming and just fun. And um, yeah. I remember really enjoying it then. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit this time around. How about you, Mike? Uh, I remember being really lukewarm on it the first time I saw it. I think I had the opposite problem where, it, wow, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It felt like it was a standalone movie, like it didn't tie in with the rest of the MCU. Kind of felt <laughs> out of place, because, I mean, it's the only origin film in Phase 2, I think. It is, because everything oh. else is sequels. Yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Which well, no, is Guardians funny. was the origin. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I guess, yeah, that's, that's fair. But Guardians, it was a team movie, so it was a little different. Yeah, plus I mean, they all... still had the Infinity Stone stuff. Yeah, so. and you had stuff that connected. You had Thanos. You had other things. This movie has has references to other movies, but that's it. I wonder what changed in the two years when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, and I'm like, oh, God, could this not have been an MCU movie? But we'll get there. <laughs> you, got a, you got about, yeah, you got a few. Double standards, I guess. For those that don't know, um, this movie actually was almost directed by Edgar Wright at first. Mm-hmm. The version we got was directed by Peyton Reed, but Edgar Wright was the one that was originally involved in this movie. I actually, because I remember bits and I remember a Stan Lee interview where he's like, "Oh, we got Iron Man coming out, Thor and Ant Man," and and I'm and I'm like, "Yeah, we we didn't get Ant Man for years after when we get <laughs> the other ones." And apparently, this was in production, but then Iron Man Two came out, the first Avengers came out. And they were like, okay, Edgar Wright, you have to connect this movie to the rest of the series. It can't just be a standalone movie. And he didn't like the fact that they wanted this movie to be part of a group. He wanted just to be a movie you could watch without having seen anything else. And he, and he, I think that kind of led to him eventually leaving the project. But I do know all the cast that we have, Paul Rudd, all that was gotten by Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because even after all that, this still feels like it could have stood on its own with just, it only has a few mentions to the rest of the. You don't. Yeah. You don't need to know stuff. You could be it's really fine. standalone. It's funny you mentioned that there really are no mention. I mean, there's a few mentions, you know, big ones, obviously, you know, towards the middle there of the Avengers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But really, it could. Yeah, this could totally stand on its own. And uh, I, I like it for that. You know, it's just got this own little separate thing. And of course, it's now it's brought into the main MCU and 
especially in the second one, from what I understand. I did not see the second one, so I'm interested in the Wasp. But the um, yes, this 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 series will change that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. They say it, it was designed to work. They wanted to be a standalone. That's interesting. And before uh, we get, jump in the movie, I also want to say Edgar Wright didn't direct my favorite movie of all time, which will someday will be on the show once we finish this, probably. Oh, he directed my favorite movie. Scott Pilgrim? Is that uh-huh. Scott Pilgrim? Okay. Yeah. I love Scott it's Pilgrim. It's been so long. I saw it theatrically. It's, so it's been so, so long. I'm, af- I'm afraid I'm not going to like it now. I'm afraid. I watched I it. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm nervous. A couple weeks ago? Still yeah, I watch it every... I watch it every few weeks, so. Really? Every few weeks? I have not yeah. seen it since I saw it in theater. I didn't yeah. Wow. All right. Re- remember, that's how I felt about Age of Ultron, and it, it turned out that I was still right, so. Exactly. No, that's exactly what I was thinking about. I was, I was thinking about you and, and Ultron. <laughs> Speaking of Edgar Wright, Mike, I realized we had like a, a 10-hour gap between recording attempts, and I still didn't watch that video you sent us. <laughs> oh, I didn't totally know. forgot about it. <laughs> Neither, neither did uh, I. Neither did I. <laughs> it's okay. It's been a hell of a week for us, all three of us. Yeah. So this, I, I, I don't know if it was when I watched it on Disney Plus that I missed it, but I know this movie starts off with uh, Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, in 1989. But I didn't see it say the year anywhere in this. They do. They say uh, it's uh, yeah, it's in my notes. So they must say it. what they don't do. They don't have the Marvel logo. They don't have anything. You just cut straight to an exterior shot of the shield where they where they are. Okay. Yeah, there is no title card, was there, for this movie? At the very, very end. Oh, God, I must have not been, I must have been really into this movie, because I don't remember it, and I usually keep track of that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's very, very at the end. Okay, wow, I think I was actually into this movie more than I thought I was. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't remember that. I mean, I just remember the opening, like, where he starts off in the building. I, I, I do kind of like that. I like seeing Hallie Atwell again, because I just like seeing her. Mm-hmm. And you have the guy that played Tony Stark in Iron Man 2. You have him again. Like, I think that was cool how they did Howard, that. Howard Stark. Yes. I just don't remember the actor. Oh, I said the wrong thing, didn't I? Yeah, you said Tony. That's okay. Oh, oops. You did say oops. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh well but yeah I, I liked how they brought the actor back for howard star i thought that was cool like i i and, and then you had the other guy who's has no real purpose but i'm <laughs> just there it's punched to... in the face yeah the the punch face guy who who does show up throughout the movie and really doesn't do it well he's the, he's the same guy who ends up making the big purchase right is he yeah. he's involved Mitchell with carson according to i am okay great cool. so we got a dh <laughs> dh michael douglas and then Aged makeup on uh, Agent Carter and Howard Stark. Yes. Oh God. In the Howard same Stark, shot. Though. He looked good. He looked all right. Yeah, Fine. pretty believable. I'm curious how they did it. it was just your standard CGI de aging Vaseline lens kind of thing. So this other guy we mentioned, this uh, Carson, was he? Is he old or is he? So is he de aged in this shot or is he aged up in the future shots? I would say they just put makeup on him in the future shot. Hmm. Yeah, like I was. Thinking about it when he came back around, I'm like, I wonder if he was one of the DH people. Uh, I don't yeah. think, I think it was just <laughs> he looks, Michael Douglas. He looks fairly young. It was mainly Michael Douglas they put all the money into because, I mean, again, you don't have a choice with Michael Douglas. Yeah. He's yeah. kind of old at this point. He's up there. He's up there. The effect um, looked pretty good, though. He didn't look too too different from when he was in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know what you're talking about, unfortunately. I've never seen it all the way through. It's a good movie. I've it never seen good. it either. Never I'll seen check it. Check it out someday. Yep. Yeah. Add it to the list. 
Not this list, but yeah, not this list. Just the, your personal list that of never-ending things you need to do. The never-ending list of media you need to consume. Oh, I have multiple lists on my phone, so you're not that far. Oh, right. <laughs> and I like yeah. how it, it starts off with you know it shows you Hank Pym and it, it you talking about how they want the they want the Ant Man suit or the Pym particles or something like that they're complaining about. And I, I like how it starts and then it jumps to present day and all of a sudden it jumps to a whole other character in prison, which is Scott Lang. Who is the second Ant Man for those that don't read comics? Which I yeah, I was, I was very confused when I saw this. I'm like, I know Hank Pym. Who is this other guy? Scott Lang. Scott Lang. Okay. A book that wasn't expensive until this movie came out. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I, I I saw the book and I almost bought it a few times, but it jumped up in price after he he was <laughs> never a big he wasn't a big character. I mean, he's Ant Man for a long time, but anytime you have a another character take over. You know, a previous character, they don't people don't care as much. But when you make a movie about him, you know, kind of jumps yeah. up the value a bit. That would do it. <laughs> so. And then, yeah. So before we get into kind of like this whole intro, how do we like Paul Rudd in this? Are you guys Rudd fans? No, kind of, sort of. Uh, like yeah, I know. I I had seen him in Friends before this, but I don't even think I knew who he was until until this movie, unfortunately. I can't remember what else I've seen. I, I know I've seen him in other movies, but I can't even think of one right now but i like him in this i've seen him in things since then my favorite thing about him is every time he's on uh conan o'brien he's <laughs> to show off a movie he always shows the same clip from uh an old 80s movie called mac and me with a <laughs> weird alien <laughs> it's, it's good look up a super cut of it it's really funny okay that's pretty I have, funny i have seen it he was in night museum i guess i've never seen that well, he was in. He's been in a lot of the Judd Apatow movies. He was in um, Anchorman, Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've seen him in that Anchorman. Uh, yep. He I knocked up. That yep. So he's he's a big uh, Judd Apatow guy. So I remember from just uh, what was it? Dang it! Yeah, Wet Hot American Summer. That's oh the, yeah. Yeah, that's I saw the, that after this. That's yeah. God, he's been in a lot of movies. Oh, I yeah. He's been a, thing. Like, Damn. He's the kind of guy that's always around, but you don't recognize it's him because he's he's kind of just got he's like actor guy, but he's, he's very good, but he's just actor guy. So he kind of just fades into whatever he's in. So I never know that until I look at the big list and go, oh, yeah, like you just said, Michael. I'm like, oh, OK, sure. And the only movie I know him from is uh, Anchorman. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, he's he's a good actor. He he plays this part. He's very well cast. So Edgar Wright did a wonderful job in casting him for this role because he's very balanced. This movie, as as you'll as you know, or if you've seen it or as you should see it, uh, (laughs) it's it's very lightweight. Like there's no deep there's no depth to anything. Everything's painted in very broad strokes. Um, Mr. Mr. Uh, Scott here is. He's painted to be a likable thief with a heart of gold, right? That's his character. You can write it on a fortune cookie. Thief with a heart of gold. Here you are, Mr. <laughs> and Rudd. they make sure to stress that every chance they over can. And oh. Over and over and over and over again. And uh, almost too much. Like, we get it. He's a nice guy. Get it. But um, And he's very good for that because he's just affable, has a kind face. He just kind of seems like a really good dude. And um, it works out well for this type of role. Um, even the villains, as we'll see, are completely one-dimensional, one-noted, almost almost nonsens- nonsensically so. Um, but again, given the lightness of the source material and just kind of the, the nature and the fun of it, it's fine. But he's, he's very good in this. He, 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 he nails this role pretty well, um, yeah, even though he's I, not given – he doesn't have a ton to do emotionally or 
you know, from an acting perspective, he still does a very good job. Yeah, I, I liked it. Even like the beginning, how you meet him when he's in the prison, get you know, kind of like doing a little beat up scene, and you find out just how like a little ceremony. And I had forgotten, but I was so excited when. Uh, Luis pulls up Michael Pena in the van. And I was like, I've been waiting for this. I've been seeing memes all over the damn place with the scene. I remember this joke, and he's like, you know, they get in the van, they're driving back to wherever the hell they're coming from from jail, and he's like, oh yeah, my mom died. Yeah, my dad got deported. He's like, oh my, yeah, my girlfriend cheated on me, but I got the van. And, it, and it just, I've always loved that. And there's been so many memes that have come out for 2020, even though by there's a good chance we're hearing this, it might be 2021. Thankfully, hopefully. Because uh, yeah, I probably won't. And like one one of the memes I have is like, so how was 2020? Oh, World War Three almost started, and Australia was on fire, and this killer virus spread and stopped the whole world. But we got 1,200 bucks. Yeah, that <laughs> goes on for a while. It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's 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 very good. He's and I, I I was going through the whole movie struggling with his name. Like, what is that actor's name? Uh, I only <laughs> know it because he's also in a one season of Narcos Mexico. Okay. Okay. One season because he plays a historic character and let's yeah if you know it's, your history it doesn't go so well. Well, I, I I remember him from the main from him from Crash from back mm. in uh, two thousand four. Ah, the movie with all the stars you can cram into one movie. Yes, and all the and the the worst best picture <laughs> and winner ever <laughs> ever in history maybe. It's a good movie. It's fine. It's fine. It's a perfectly fine movie. Um, but yeah, he has that incredibly emotional scene. Um, he's very good actually in that movie. Very good. He's in the but... live action Door of the Explorer movie. I do want to watch <laughs> Silence. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not wrong. I, am, I almost said, does he play Dora? I, I don't know. I could. I, I know. I saw him in the trailer. Like, hey, he's Sam your father. Man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, he's in The Martian, too. Now I'm looking at things. He's, he he's can play like... serious roles. Like, if you ever watch Narcos Mexico, yeah. he plays a serious role in that. And like I said, he plays a, a, a person from history, Kiki something, but. If you know your history, <laughs> yeah, things don't go so well for Kiki, unfortunately. It, but it's yeah. cool. Like, this guy can act. Like, this guy can play. I mean, he plays a complete, like, just goofball in this movie, but he can act. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's a, again, comedy, you know, comic, a comic foil, if you will, I guess. And, uh, yeah, he's good. He's, he's very, again, fun, affable, lighthearted. You know, obviously, all of these people and his crew, as we're going to meet, are, are criminals, but, you know, there's, they're, they're enjoyable. They're fun to watch. The three wombats, as Hank Pym puts it later. Yeah, the three wombats <laughs> is very good. I did like that joke. I mean, I this movie just starts off as funny as hell. I and mean, you have the Baskin Robbins part where he's working at Baskin Robbins, and then the guy's like, "Oh, I can come back here." And, and I mean, it's just, it's stupid. But I do like how you have the first guy coming. He's like, oh, I'll take a burger. He's like, we're Baskin <laughs> Robbins. Like, okay, I just want something hot. He's like, we're Baskin Robbins. We got ice cream. He's like, okay, I'll take a taco. And he's just like, can someone help this idiot? And <laughs> For a guy who works in retail, that's not that far. I worked at Burger <laughs> King one time, and I had people come in saying, "Hey, I want a taco," and I'm like, "You're at Burger King, isn't this Taco Bell?" I'm that's like, funny because no. they actually have tacos now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baskin Robbins? No, uh, Burger King does. Oh, uh huh, interesting. Yeah, they they did some. Not the one I worked at, but I just remember. And the thing is, Taco Bell wasn't even that close. Like we weren't right next to it. It was down somewhere else in this little Hickville, Hickville, Hickville town I was working at, and the guy was just. Well, I mean. When you when you're when you're on the edge of the two, of the cities and yeah, I had everyone that came through my talk my Burger King was high on something. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, my wife works still still works retail, so I get to hear all of her uh, her fun stories. People, people are, are people. People <laughs> are people. They're just hey, what are we gonna what are we gonna do about it? I, I it's it's all this kind of building up of his character. It is a lot of layering, like layering it on thick. Like again, affable guy. All all everything is leading up to kind of the point where. 
you go, yeah, we'll get to there. Well, it's leading up to a certain point in the film. Yeah, fine with this. I really like his sleazy boss. Like, <laughs> oh my they, god, this guy. <laughs> they found the greasiest, slimiest person. And sir, if you're out there listening, if you're just out there <laughs> tro- trolling low-level podcasts for uh, for information about this movie that you're in, you're probably a really good dude. You are. I'm sure you're a good guy. I don't. I, I'm sure you're not problematic or anything. Man, you are greasy, and it, that's a skill. That's a skill. I'm not. I you know you know. I'm not greasy, but uh, you know, at the, wow, they really did cast that perfect. It, it's funny. Every <laughs> and he's good. Like, he's very fine. He's good. If you want to grab a smoothie, I, I, it'll be, you know, I'm completely entertained, but I won't say anything. I won't call it like, it's just, it's hilarious. And he's like, ah, oh, man, you, you stuck it to a man. You stuck it to him, but we got to fire you. And this is uh, a good opportunity to, I'm sorry, Michael, just, uh, there's a good opportunity here to, to give you the backstory. Right. We need to learn the backstory of, you know, why was he in jail? They don't, because remember, Michael Pena does not say why Scott was in jail, right? They're just, they're jail buddies. Ooh, they're in jail. Okay. Why was he in jail? Oh, clearly he was a burglar, right? This is how we're learning the backstory of Scott. And they're giving it to us in very small doses because they don't want us to lose the fact that he's a good guy because he is our good guy. As you walked into the movie theater, you saw his face. (laughs) <laughs> he's the good guy we all know this this is not a surprise um so it's just kind of feeding us um all his backstory slowly but surely while still kind of developing the group of people he's gonna eventually caper with so uh yeah it's uh it's it's very effective and very good yeah greg turkington apparently is the actor's name <laughs> yes okay mike just sent it in the chat too i had already had it pulled up oh beat me to it oh, okay, and then okay. it- the next thing in my notes I have was breakfast. I can't even remember what the hell. Oh, it was when when Hank when uh Scott comes home and then they're like, hey, you know, they're making pancakes or something. But I, and I, again, it introduces the other the wombats as we've been calling as they call them. And <laughs> yeah. it, it, I like these guys. Like I I'm not I'm not big into comedy. I don't like most comedies. It's just not my style of movie. But this thing is like these are dumbass characters, but they are hilarious for some reason. Well, real quick, when he uh, gets fired from Baskin Robbins. We're doing our fans a discredit if we don't mention that Baskin Robbins always finds out. <laughs> That's a good one. That's it's very. That was it's, a joke, it's, like it's, all it's, over the internet at the oh, time yeah. the movie came out. Oh yeah, really? I I completely yeah. missed that bit. Yeah. And okay. the funny thing is, I I knew a guy who worked at Baskin Robbins, and oh, I remember him God. bitching about how they would count all the all the cups because the owner it was a franchise, so she was like counting all the cups, count the spoons, but they didn't count the lid, so they would put the ice cream on the lid to so eat the ice cream. No one counted the lid. <laughs> wow, that's weird. All right, that's very strange. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's funny. Just real quick before we talk about the the breakfast scene and and his his team of I'll say it his team of good bros because they are <laughs> good bros. They uh, you you kept, you said a couple of times that this movie's hilarious. I don't think it's hilarious. I found it amusing. That's like the emotion, the the comedic emotion I always got out of this was oh <laughs> you know <laughs> I I don't think I guffawed you know like you know which. I don't know why I just described the guffaw for everybody. <laughs> sure In case you didn't either. know what a guffaw is, that's what that I was. I didn't. That okay, well, there you go. A guffaw is a <laughs> hearty belly laugh. <laughs> it's a very amusing and charming and amusing and cute and sometimes clever. And um, I am very much so here for that kind of more laid back style of um, you know movie making and and uh, and uh, superhero ing. Yeah. So it's funny you just mentioned uh, how you kept saying it's it's hilarious. I'm like, ah, I didn't get that from it but still fun i i laughed a lot it landed better than avengers did 
Man, don't. I listen. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, hey, hey. I'm still sad about that. Yeah, well. Yeah, so you know. It's like going back and playing Raccoon City and find out, hey, guess what? You weren't remembering it correctly. So yeah, but you got to go back and realize how great Age of Ultron was. So it evens out. Surprisingly. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I do love the good bros. Now they're going to be called the rest of this movie, the rest of this podcast. And like, and I think the next, and then this is the one they're trying to convince him to. I think do they? Is this when they start talking about the job, or that? Like, uh, no, that's later. Luis tries to bring it up, and Scott so, shuts him down. Yeah. Okay. Because we get more of the backstory on Scott's crime, and he's just like, "What are you doing? Why are you Why are you throwing out my resume to these guys?" And I got to <laughs> like point that. out real quick, Kurt, the uh, the Russian guy. I'm like, this guy looks really familiar. So I pulled up his IMDb, and I didn't recognize him in anything. But he's going to be in the new Suicide Squad movie as Polka Dot Man, and I just felt like that that needed mentioned. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I don't. I don't know the character, but um, but yeah, I could see. I I agree with you. I thought he had looked really familiar as well, and I was going through it for, and I thought I saw one thing. I should have thought about it before I said it. Anyway, he does. He's done a lot of stuff. He's a big. He's he's a character actor. He's he's been around around the block a few times. Oh, he's in the Flash. He's mm. in the Flash. He's he plays Abracadabra. I don't know who that is. I don't know who it is. Either. I watched the Flash, most of it. I don't think the rabbit ears on my TV actually gets the CW, so I <laughs> I no chance at all. Uh, it, it's a pretty good show, but I know people who like it. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a cool little team. You got your hacker. You got the. I I don't know what what the other guy's role really was, other than drive <laughs> drive the van. He's a driver. He's the driver? I guess. Baby I mean, driver. he probably had to go through a course where you're inside a parking lot. You have to do a U-turn and all the other, all the tricks that <laughs> oh, little time watch in the corners keep keeping track before you can even, you know, probably yeah. get the job. One of my favorite Within moments of the movie. Seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, freaking game. Driver. Mm-hmm. It's not great. It's notorious for having this really bullshit tutorial at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I never played it. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that way. No, I don't need to. I'm not a racist. I liked it when you have Pim first visiting the headquarters that says, you know, Pim Technology, I think it was, or did I? Something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, Labs. Like that, so. yeah, Pim Labs or something. I, I, I like all this. Like, I like when you have him come in there, you have uh, Cross doing the whole presentation and talking about, you know, and it kind of starts to give you that all background about what Pim does. I mean, I know what Pim does. I know who Pim, uh, who Pim is, but they start giving you the background about the shrinking thing, and they talk all about what the the the, tech, the company and they give you like a drop of the whole movie like, oh here's his daughter and you know here's his um you know he's my apprentice you know this is my apprentice and he took over the company i mean it doesn't really show like how much he hates him like how much these two characters hate each other at first but it, it does a good job of like dumbing of dumbing it down for the for the audience that might not know as much as some people do and making it still entertaining at least i, yeah. I thought so i i liked i liked all this i and i also I like the whole introduction of Yellow Jacket too. I don't think this is when you get the trailer for it, where he does like the whole marketing trailer. But I think you just see the suit. If I remember right. You, yeah, no, you. He does the little marketing trailer. I have some notes written on that because it just made me laugh and cringe. I actually <laughs> had, I actually did have a chuckle at that one. But yeah, I you know it's it, with the uh, with Michael uh, Michael Douglas's introduction here. He already was introduced, of course, in the beginning. But now, he's young Michael Douglas, right? But now, as he's you know older, Pim. Is it Hank Pim? It's Hank Pym. Yes. Hank Pym. Okay. Yeah. As I just kept saying Pym, but I figured that was right. So as older Hank Pym, I really love how he walks into that. Um, the first thing that happens, he walks in through the <laughs> security. And he said, "You have ID," and he points. To, he points to <laughs> oh, yeah. like, Perhaps this will suffice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and no one's seen him for years, and everyone's really surprised that he's there. And man, does Michael Douglas command a screen? 
He is very, very good in this movie. He has a couple of scenes that are um, pretty outstanding, to be honest. And uh, I, I think he's probably the best actor on the screen um, whenever, you know, Easy. at any time he's on the screen. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a really cool introduction. Again, we're getting all the backstory. Um, it's the minute you see uh, Darren, you know he's bad mm-hmm. because he's bald and wearing a nice suit. <laughs> And I guess, I guess if you're bald and wearing a nice suit, dude, you're pretty good chance you're a bad guy, right? Yeah, so. I think Lex Luthor ruined that look for everyone. <laughs> no more suits for us bald guys. We got to, that's it. <laughs> Anything above sport coat and we're, we're, we're doomed. So, but yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, it's a good scene. And then the, the guy who plays Darren was, I remember him from House of Cards. Um, yep, same. Yeah. And he's very good actor. Yeah, and he's he another one who's job. been around for a while. So Healthy he does it. He does very good with the very little emotional work he needs to do. He just has to be bad. His <laughs> fortune cookie said, villain, you are the bad guy. Here you are. Oh, do the bad I, guy thing. I had forgotten, but also when they're doing like that whole, he's showing old um, declassified decla- footage of Ant-Man when Hank Pym, you know, to kind of sell. And I think he even says, Tales to Astonish, which is, yep. is uh, <laughs> what Ant-Man first appeared in. Is it? In, I have a funny yeah. feeling. I'm like, is that a reference? It's a reference. Okay. Yep. All right. I gotcha. I unfortunately don't have the right tab pull up to give you the year when Ant-Man came out, but I can tell you it was a long time ago. Yeah. Sounds like the kind of thing that'd be introduced very, very early in the golden age of comics, I guess, as they call it. Yeah. Um, it and I really do like that video of, <laughs> of the propaganda video. There's one line in here I wrote down. Is It says, I don't remember. The, the line basically, it's like, it's like we're, we're here to keep peace by blowing things up really really loudly and very well and, <laughs> and all of like the weird propaganda words it uses to kind of hide the fact but not really that this is really a very bad idea that's very invasive that could be it's it shows a little scene of um a fake cartoon ant-man going to a briefcase you know like for for corporate espionage oh and, yeah like whoa this is all not good Hey, bad guy, you got to get a better marketing person to paper over the fact that you really are just a super duper villain. Yeah, it's it's a very good scene. Very effective. There's also another very quickly one moment where where Hank sees the new logo. It says, uh, what's yeah. the guy's last name? Cross, Cross Industries or something Cross like that. Industries, because that's what he's going to rename it to. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I thought. OK. And he kind of just this look on Hank's face was like, you son of a bastard. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, and Ant Man was first um, published in 1962. Oh wow! So long time yeah, ago. Pretty early on. Yeah, he's an early character. He's also one of the original Avengers. Yep. Ant Man mm-hmm. and Wasp are. Yeah, Wasp actually named the Avengers. Oh yeah, and he was also like apparently I um, originally they were gonna have the Ultron be created by Hank Pym, but because of Edgar Wright didn't want Ant Man ah. to be associated much with the other movies. That's why. It was Tony Stark that created Ant-Man, or not created uh, Ultron. Ultron. Makes sense. Yeah. No. Speaking of Wasps, this is also our introduction to Hope and her stupid haircut. Her velvet her, <laughs> her oh, her haircut. Oh, Evangeline Lilly is a beautiful woman, and she's as far from Kate on Lost in this movie. <laughs> I've never been a fan of the the little Bob Weaver, whatever she's got going here. It does it's, it's, uh, yeah. Doesn't do her any favors. Is they it, fix it, the sequel. It's kind of like the, the Uma Thurman and Pulp Fiction thing, right? Oh, is yeah, that, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I never, it did not bug me at, for a second. Interesting. Okay. So Thor's face 
and her hair. I didn't like oh. her hair either, nor That's did my it. wife. <laughs> well, it wasn't just it wasn't just Mike. I can ask it, my wife after this. We're like, huh? What did you think of Hope's hair? She's probably like, oh god, it sucked. I'm sure it was terrible. I don't know. I think it was bad. Oh, she was also in Freddy vs. Jason, and then she was in the Hobbit movie, two of the Hobbit movies. Okay, I, I like her in Lost too. That's mainly where I know her from. And then she's also in an episode of Smallville, <laughs> a couple episodes. But oh, she's in, okay. I'm gonna stop reading her film, filmography here. <laughs> no, I like her as an actress. I like her in this movie. I, I besides her hair, I think she does a she does a fine job. Like she, you know, when you first meet her, you kind of get the idea that she hates Hank Pym, but you find out very quickly that Cross doesn't realize that she hates him and that they're kind of like, I think one of her first things she says is she wants the suit. He mentioned something about the suit because Cross is getting very close to perfecting Hank's technology and they don't trust him. So, you know, and she wants that power and he will not give it to her, which you don't find out till way later why he won't let her have a suit for. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. And I, uh, yeah, she's, she's quite good in this again. And like everyone else, she doesn't have a ton to do. There's not a ton of lifting to do. She has a couple of scenes where she really has to like, get into it and get emotional and things of that nature. And it, if she's fine, I, yeah, no real crazy opinions about her, but she was, she was good. I, I, I liked her, but eh, it's weird to hair. see a movie where, the, <laughs> of course, it's weird to see a movie where the, the main protagonist, the hero is the one with the least amount of stuff to do. Cause yeah. Scott, Scott spends most of the mo- movie as just an audience surrogate. He's asking all the questions like what the hell is going on? Why, why Scott are these idiot. ants? Yeah. Well, hey. Well, he doesn't know. He, he doesn't know. Like right? he he's he's us. I have it written down here somewhere. Mm-hmm. But he is us. He's he's asking the questions because we can't ask the movie the questions. The movie has to do that for us. You see, that's how it works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. It's exactly right. He's a surrogate. And I, now I'm thinking about it. Her appearance definitely was probably one of the more comic booky things in the movie, as far as other than you know ants crawling and flashing and all the rest of it, but to kind of see like a comic booky thing, you know, like something like a villain would do. So maybe you're still on the fence on whether or not she's you know on the side of Hank or on the side of, of Darren. I don't know. Just just the thought that popped yeah. in my brain. It just seems I mean, like it, now I'm thinking about it. It's kind of comic booky. I can kind of see it with the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll bite. Okay. <laughs> we just have to it. give. We gotta give some excuse for the hair. I'm like, okay, well, this is why she's got the hair. Oh, she's... I don't know. Someone uh... signed off on that. <laughs> yeah, right. someone said okay. And it's not. It's Clearly. a wig. It's a bad looking wig too. Because it... Clearly, we're all fashion experts. So, indeed, indeed, <laughs> yes. Hey, there's something. I mean, they changed it in the second movie, if I remember right. So. Yeah. Yep. They did. She got long hair in that one. Yeah, that, that's a sign. So enough of that. <laughs> and then this is also where you have, and you it, the movie kicks back to Scott, and you have Scott at the birthday party, which. I like this little scene. I mean, a little heartwarming scene. He goes to his daughter's birthday party. He's not supposed to be there. He gives her a really, really ugly little stuffed animal <laughs> that she likes because it's from her dad as her hero who's been... She's got to be, what, isn't she seven or eight? I think, did they ever say? Probably like seven. Say. That's my guess is seven based on... Yeah, just somewhere there. Okay, he's been gone for three years, so she was four when he got put in jail then. Makes sense. Yeah, about that. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like it's uh, uh, she was she was probably old enough to have that connection, know who he was, and and really miss him because she, you know, the second he walks in, she's just daddy, and she runs off to tell mommy. <laughs> I, I like that part. It's like you don't have to do that. <laughs> and yeah, she does. So uh, she's like, she spit out her drink. She's so excited. <laughs> I, I liked it. And I and even though the fiance her fiance is kind of an asshole, I mean, because he's the cop that wants to arrest Scott and doesn't like Scott because of, you know, he was arrested. It, it's still 
I found myself liking this this part and everything just fine as a movie progressed. It's really funny because all these characters come back in the sequel and everyone's basically the same except for Paxton, who is totally total 180 on how he feels about Scott, which we kind of see at the end of this movie. But it's it's pretty heartwarming. When you in the have sequel. Civil War, because I mean, by the time you get Ant-Man 2, you had this movie, you had Civil War and then you have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, because Civil War is next, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) That'll be a three-hour episode again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll be long. But But Dan, this is is more of the movie saying, hey, audience. Hey, audience. He's a good guy. He's nice. (laughs) He's there for his kids. He's doing the best he can in some rough circumstances. He's trying to get back on his feet so he can be with his daughter. He's a good guy, everyone. Remember it, this. It, it works. And then, I mean, and then you have the scene where he gets kicked out and he's saying goodbye to her and he hits the horn, which uh, is a stupid thing, but it serves a purpose for later in the movie to make oh, a yeah. plot move. Oh, not just this movie. <laughs> is it in the second movie, too? It's an endgame. Oh. Yes, I think you're right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it is an endgame. It's very crucial. Yeah, it's pivotal. <laughs> it's I don't remember it in endgame. Pivotal. I haven't seen endgame in theaters. We'll get there. Eventually. I know. Yeah. No, yeah, right. the the horn plays La Cucaracha, so it's very distinct. I like I like that, and I like the fact that it has a payoff just in this movie too, where he hits the horn, he's driving off, you know, mm-hmm. he hits a stupid song. Like it's something that just feels like a comedy part, but actually has a purpose for what they're doing in the movie. So I really like that. Right. Then we it, flash back to to Darren talking goodbye, to Frank. Frank. Goodbye, Frank. Oh, Frank. We hardly knew you. <laughs> but again, this is just one of those scenes to make the bad guy be a bad guy where he's talking because Frank is one of these buyers that came to buy the suit. And he's like, we can't just do what we want. So he just shoots him with a shrink ray. And he, he turns, turns him into goop. <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty stunning. I And again, not this is the movie going, hey, audience. <laughs> this guy's bad. This guy's bad. This guy's no good. Just he here. Just goop this guy. He's goop him. He just gooped the guy. And, uh, I, of I like course, it. I giggled. Of course I did. My wife had like a look at her face like, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's not good. And he wipes. The grossest part of that was he wipes him up with like a paper towel. That was gross. That was flushes like, him down the toilet. Flushes him down the toilet. Wow. Pretty gross. Unremorseful, <laughs> unrepentant. But again, it shows him like, again, shows him that he's the bad guy. It shows that how cold he is. I mean, because to kill someone just like that. And to be okay with it, like, you know, to flush him down the toilet. I mean, it would take a certain kind of heartless person. Well, he's got he's got pim juice in his brain messing around, uh, messing with not his yet. molecules. He oh, not yet? yet. Uh, I feel like Hope makes, maybe yeah. it's not yet that she makes the it's comment. Not yet. It's Just... way down the line. Like, she tried, and that's kind of, and that's a thing I think the movie could have done a better job with is she way towards the end tries to paper over his crazy. It's almost as if someone's writing it and goes, Ooh, we have to explain this because right now this guy's like mustache twirling evil villain guy, and you we don't really have a good reason. Oh, this the pim the pim the pim juice that's, in the brain. That's later. That that is she when he says it. Shrinking. She says it, kind of papering over this. But yeah, got, but yeah, go ahead. He hasn't shrunk yet. No, but it's it's definitely before that 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 she says it. Yeah, something about experiments and things like I don't know. I well, it, there better be a reason because there's no reason why he needs to be murderous to the one guy who says, you know, hmm, I'd love to spend a million billion dollars on your product, but I got some questions. <laughs> oh, really? Goop. Like you didn't have to go through all that, brother. You could have just heard him out, or you could have just said, no, you don't. Then you don't buy it. That's great. I have eighty more buyers. 
Yeah, it gotta, does feel like a scene where you just need a bad guy to be a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. it's just, but it's kind of cool. It's just from I a like visual perspective. Ah, I wasn't wasn't complaining about it. I yeah, just, he even he looks in the mirror and he's like looking at himself, and you're supposed to think, is he questioning what he did? And he's just like, eh, and just washes his hand, leaves. Yeah, like okay, he's evil. Good, excellent. <laughs> yeah, make the bad guy a bad guy. And then oh. we go right from that to to cross at dinner, having a nice dinner with hope. Which, again, is more just showing, you know, introducing these characters and showing you how they're kind of romantically involved in a way I, I felt like, but they're not. No, but they have no connection. I, again, this is a weird one for me, too, because I couldn't quite get what they were trying to do with this. Right. You have Hope, Hope and, and uh, Darren at dinner. Darren is giving you his backstory and his motivation. Lots of lots of telling in this movie. Lots of people telling you why they feel a certain way. You know, I just wish you, you know, he, he saw me as the sun figure I thought I was. And I can't believe you never showed me how to do the Ant-Man thing. And him just constantly telling other people, lots of people telling other people the things that we should know about them so we care. Never quite works great because we should be learning about that through the things you do and through the things that happen. And don't don't tell me who you are. I want to learn about that as I experience you as a character on the screen. So a lot of this stuff's very ham-handed, and that's why there's no not clear. It's like, uh, are they dating? You're right. It's a fancy restaurants, beautiful that's what low I lighting. Thought, but yeah. the more I think about it, they never kiss. They never show anything. Uh-huh. There's nothing romantic shown, even if it's something that romantic, like it didn't fit for Bill, like Natalie Portman. But there was nothing <laughs> there. They just like they just. So it kind of was it like a situation where the bad guy just hates. You know, they both hates his hates your father. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna just you know have you on my wing because we hate we hate the same person. Yeah, it's more like a professional relationship. Yeah, professional confidant. You know, and he also knows, you know, she's his daughter. So maybe there's info he can get out of her if he's trying to be manipulative. I am. But the, the film is never really clear. Again, it's just a scene where two people sit in a restaurant for 30 seconds and tell you backstory <laughs> and motivations. So, OK. Yeah. Thank you. That's it's only two hours long. They could have they could have crammed some more in there. <laughs> yeah, this movie's just long enough. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is. It actually true. is. It doesn't overstay its welcome. That's and for that's that's a good thing. That's actually a very good and, thing. And then it's right after this, you get the first Louis story, which I you uh, only get two of just, the, I think just two. Yeah, yeah there's just two. two. But just before that, uh we see Scott and sitting in the van trying to figure out how he can get oh, all yeah. these things that his ex wife told him that he needed before he can see Cassie on a regular basis. And that's what yeah, 300 and something. But that's what pushes him over the edge to take up Luis on his on his tip. I, I, I love this, where it's like, okay, so this, my guy, you know how I like these certain paintings, right? Like, like get to the point, <laughs> Luis. Like, I love how that actor just keeps going off in random tangents like this podcast. It's it's great. Like, it is <laughs> it is so great. They got to keep like, hey, get to the story. What has it got? He's like, oh, yeah. And, and each person that's talking is in his voice, but their mouth is moving. But it's, it's always <laughs> everything his voice. It's, it's hilarious. Still funny. Some people want, and before Endgame came out, they want a big MCU recap done done in that style. <laughs> that would I would love good. that. I always call that the drunk history uh, style of of uh, of thing. If, I've never, guys, ever watched. Drunk I have history. not. Okay. I love it. Oh, okay. The drunk history is basically okay. I guess they're probably drunk history. Basically, they get celebrities and comedians usually, and they get them extremely hammered to to blackout hammered. And then they tell you a historical story, like the story of Abraham Lincoln or the story of women's suffrage. And as they're telling this story, they'll, sh- they'll um, cut back and forth between them on a couch, slurring this story 
horrendously slurring it, getting things wrong, <laughs> and then actors miming along to what that person is saying. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> it's, it's glorious fun. There's a bunch of free ones on, I think, on Hulu if you have it. Definitely check it out. It's very, very funny. And that reminded me of that kind of that everyone's kind of miming along to what the other person is actually saying. Very funny. Very good. Very, very clever way of uh, delivering the uh, this information. And it's good, too, because none of the information you really need. You only need the end result, which is what is the job. So this is all just kind of flavor. You know, just a fun little ride. You don't have to worry about who's who and what what and which writer and this person and that guy at the ball game. You just it just happens, and it's a very great. It's really fun. It's good. It's I mean they only do it twice in the movie. I thought I I thought it was more in this movie, but it, it's both times are fucking hilarious. <laughs> both times I'll laugh my ass off. I was I like I said I really enjoyed this movie, but and then, I was, and then you and I, and I was extremely amused. I was highly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe amuses more, but I'm gonna go with laugh my ass off. Yeah, go for it. You had fun. Good. You should have fun. It was nice to have fun for a movie. So that's not what's <laughs> happening every 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 episode that we do in this show. It's uh, uh, it's it's August of 2020. There's terror around every turn. Have fun, please. <laughs> laugh. Enjoy yourself. 2020 just keeps getting worse all the time. I'm just like fucking a 2020. <laughs> You're revisiting these movies back to back. You see that there are very few movies like this that just shut your brain off and have fun. Yeah, there won't yeah. be another one for a while. So I'm trying to think of another one that's not like this. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And well, you uh, get the next, being... the next funny movie is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, but that's yeah. not a funny movie. <laughs> well, it, that one's written to be a comedy. This is written to be a light-hearted action adventure film, right? Yeah, which I like Gar- more. Yeah. So, and I also like this is when you have the planning when you have the three wombats get together or the good bros <laughs> and they're planning how they're gonna raid. Hank Pym's house. I, I, I like this. I like them getting all together, doing this or talking about they're talking what they're going to do and what they need. And all that's very entertaining. Because, again, this movie in the heart of this movie is it was supposed to be a heist movie, which it kind of has. Like in the second half is when you have a heist. This is the, you know, the early heist in the movie where you have the plan. You have them then burglarize into Hank Pym's house. I enjoy the scene a lot where he's climbing up the windows and getting in the house. Like mm-hmm. this is very amusing to me. It definitely made me want to watch other heist movies like the Ocean's Trilogy. Yep. that's I love a great heist movie, and I doubly love a well-made um, heist montage where they're planning and executing at the same mm-hmm. time. I There is something really great for me when they do that <laughs> properly, people, and you can keep track thing. of everything going on. And it's important when you're doing a heist thing, because they do it also later on when they actually have the big heist. But with the minor one, it's important because as the audience, you – there's a lot involved with this, and you can't just get the information dump. Because let's be honest, the entire movie so far has been one big information dump. Like, there's, <laughs> it's all it's been. So you can't just have the plan and then do it because you won't remember. But if they do it while they're planning, you can kind of see that the screws turning and all the good things happening. It's excellent. Very well done. I, I, I put it. I wrote it in my notes. I said, smart guys doing <laughs> smart things. Yep. Well, oh, boy. So when Scott's satisfying. getting the fingerprint and freezing the save, I have smart Scott doing smart things. It's a good scene. Great. Because he uh he mentions earlier on that he's got like an engineering degree or something to that effect. Electrical degree. Yeah. yeah master's in electrical engineering, yeah. Like I'm sure I can land on my feet, and that's when it cuts to him and Baskin Robbins. <laughs> yeah. Which is a good setup for that. It's very interesting too because he uh yeah, all of it is really very, very thoughtful. I, I put in my notes, he's MacGyvering his fingerprint. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
it's pretty yeah, good. He's, yeah, he's, it's, it's really, uh, really very fun. And uh, seeing him succeed, because again, we have our placard in front of us. He's a good guy. So, yes, we know he is. Seeing the good guy succeed and doing something that is wrong. That's a key here, because the, the movie really is trying very hard to cement good guy in us, right? And because he is now going to rob somebody. He is going to steal something from a rich person. And even though you may say, well, a rich person, who cares? It's still theft. It's still a crime that he's committing. Our lead is committing grand larceny. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's cat burglaring. He's breaking his parole, you know? And so you need to have all that goodwill built up. Sorry, goodwill built up before goes on this heist. So when he does it, you like him. And it's Paul Rudd. You can't not like Paul Rudd. He's just a <laughs> likable, funny kind of dude. So um, it, it, it's the good payoff for all the, the work the movie has done up to this point to get where we can get behind someone doing a bad thing. Like a heist movie, like Ocean's Eleven. There's so much time making us love these cool criminals and these cool, interesting characters, you know? And then they go and rob, you know, they go rob somebody, which is illegal and bad. <laughs> but in this case, it's good because it's fun and we like those people. So I also like the whole part when he gets to the safe. He's like, oh, it's made out of the same material as the Titanic. Like, and, they, and they make a comment about, <laughs> well, that worked out well. <laughs> I like oh, that. What he is freezes the, it. Yeah, it's yeah, good. he freezes it. It's very good. And I also, I mean, he gets a safe open. They're like, there's no money in here, no jewels, just a biker suit. And I just, I love their defeat. They're like, oh, I thought there'd be something good in here. And again, I mean, you, we know what it is because it's the Ant Man suit. And he takes the suit. I mean, I guess you just broke a safe. You might as well leave with something. Right. And the, I, the suit redesign looks so much better than the original, especially the helmet, which we see in Endgame, I think, an early prototype of it. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I can say it has. This is there. He is not. This is not the first live action Ant Man we ever get. It's the first Marvel live action. Yeah, Ant-Man, but, you know. We'll, we'll talk show. about that shortly. Okay, we'll get. We're almost there. We're well, yeah. we got a little bit, but we're getting there. Ah, since I brought it, I'll bring it up. There's a part where he crashes on a car a little a little bit later, and the guy in the car was a is a comedian. I can't remember his name, but he was the in Saturday Night Live. He played an Ant Man. Yeah, it was like Superman's funeral or something, or he yeah, yeah he plays Ant Man. So yeah, that's a... not yeah. You just you just sent that on the on the uh, on the Skype there. That mm, is not not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's the original helmet. Yep, it's not great. It's got like the the weird antenna coming out and all that. I I think you're right too. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure you're right about what you said about it being in the second movie. Yeah, I just have no re- no recollection of it. Uh, yeah, it is an endgame when it shows, uh, when I think it's when Tony's breaking into shield, it's on a table there. Oh, I can't wait to rewatch that and do that five hour episode. <laughs> oh man. If we're going to split that one out. I, I, I'm telling you, I know you keep saying no, but that's like, a lot Infinity of Infinity War is going to have to be two and that's going to have to be two at least two will be <laughs> enough. Okay. But enough of that. And then it also it jumps back to when you have. You know, you got to make sure you know the bad guy's the bad guy. So he doesn't just take a rat when he does experiment. He grabs a little lamb, brings the lamb in, and then kills the lamb by doing the experiment that doesn't work. And then, and then I like how Hope's like, why do you have a sheep? Why don't you just have a, you know, a mouse? And he's like, just because. What's the difference? Yeah. yeah what's the difference? So, hey, here it is. So now someone, a, a movie theater employee comes in with a big tray of placards that says, he's the bad guy. Just keep this in front of you. In case you don't know now, he's a villain. Just keep just keep that in your brain because yeah, 
I didn't like, remember how much they hammered in this movie. <laughs> oh my god! Like, okay, we get it. He's a dick. Move on. Like, fine. What's next? He's gonna start throwing babies out of windows. Like, what's going on with this man? He almost throws a <laughs> throws a little girl out the window. I guess that's the thing. But um, he's a bad person. Just, but but for just one dimensionally so. But again, not every villain has to be you know, Thanos or Ultron, right? I guess that there, I guess there's room in this world for just one dimensional villains that do evil things. So our good guys can do even better things. So, and I do like uh, the first, the first time that you see Scott Lang, try, he tries on the suit, he's in the bathroom and he's like, okay, what the hell does this do? And he shrinks down. And this part is hilarious where all of a sudden Hank Pym starts talking into his voice. And then you have the part where, you know, he's like, and he's all confused. And then you have Louise getting to the shower and he, you know, strips down. He's like, oh, I don't need to see that. Like, it's just, huh. it's hilarious. Like, you don't see anything, but it's hilarious. It's funny. I, I was laughing again. <laughs> he gets washed out of the tub. We get to see a little bit of the density where he hits the, the bathroom tile and it cracks just mm-hmm. from that, that small fall. Uh-huh. I like that. Cause again, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It does a lot of work, this scene. And this is the first scene, obviously, where he shrinks down and, this is the first part where I think the real joy of the movie is. Oh, yeah. And, and this and obviously, you know, right. This is what everyone's here for. Everyone is here in the theater to see Ant-Man get small and do small people do small things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, small I, guy doing big things. Oh, there you go. Even better. Yes. Yeah, small guy do big things. Oh. But what I what I love about this movie and what I my biggest takeaway of from from it as a whole, because it starts here. So I'll just say it here. It it uh, does a great job of recontextualizing everyday things. Right. So when it, when Scott shrinks down to the size of an ant and now he's in this open expanse of a bathtub, like this cavernous expanse. It allows us it allows us to kind of play with things that we are we are used to seeing in a right real scale. What can we do with this on a t- uh, huge scale? So it's kind of recontextualizing things we already know, and I think that's really exciting and very interesting and fun. You know, the classic. I'm sure it's been in a hundred reviews. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know, the action movie. Might be in but, the notes. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. See, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious, and not not saying you're obvious, but you know, that is an obvious comparison. And that's what's fun about that movie. It's taking everyday things and recontextualizing them through this scale and letting someone we like have fun in this, not have fun, but work within this playground. And um, it's very natural. It's funny, the first the first moment of CG when they start shrinking down into the drain and then it pulls back, I had Fight Club vibes because that the style of animation seemed very similar to that. And that movie CG has not held up terribly well over the years. <laughs> And it wasn't great here. I was like, oh, is this just not going to be? And that was the only time it felt weird or forced or anything like that. But it's just, it's just fun. And it's he's, and a lot of this opening stuff is is uh, Scott going on a ride. He has, he has no idea what he's doing with this thing. He's just <laughs> running and surviving the stomping of, <laughs> of giant clear uh, stilettos and, and, uh, ra- and rave, rave dancers and everything else. And it's fun. It's very, very fun and um, a sign of good things to come because it just they honestly do just get better and better as it progresses. We get a little foreshadow into the rave when he's coming home for the first time. You can hear the music and see the people waiting outside the door. And then when he falls through the crack in the bathroom, he ends up like, you know, like Bill said, <laughs> yeah. just trying not to get stomped on. 
and this is I, I like that. And this is also when he ends up falling through that, and then he fall he gets, he sees a rat, and then he and that's when he lands in the car, which has that guy Garrett Morris is that guy's name that I was talking about. Oh yeah. Okay. I have I have no idea who he is, but he apparently he's in two broke girls. And so is uh, Bill's favorite character from the Thor movie, Darcy. So if you watch Two Broke Girls, Cat <laughs> Denny's is there. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, she's in Two Broke. I I've never seen it, but I've heard it's I'm actually. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it wasn't because of her. I mean, <laughs> no, I know. She's I'm sure she's a perfectly fine actress. I just you know, Thor two was it? Thor wasn't my thing. Yeah, Thor two. What was that? I don't I don't remember that movie. Sorry, yeah, I don't think that was anybody's <laughs> thing. And I, I do like it how after he, you know, he figures out what the suit can do, he's like, fuck this shit. And he takes the suit and breaks back in the house, put the suits back, and then gets the cops called on him and gets arrested. He's like, I wasn't stealing anything. I was returning what I stole. Oh, shit. Like, I like this. This is hilarious. Me again. I was laughing. I laughed a lot during this movie, I, I realized. That's nice. A nice change of pace. I also watched this movie in, like, one sitting. Like, I didn't have to get up and do other things. I just kept watching this movie. Even when Disney Plus said, no, nah, no, nah, you're taking a break. <laughs> So, I guess, he, and I, I like it when he gets he gets arrested. He's in jail, and you have the you have the Cassie's soon to be stepfather be like, "Hey, I thought you know you tried to change and you couldn't do this," and you know, kind of rallying him. And he's like, "Oh, you have a visitor," and he's like, "Who? Your lawyer?" He's like, "My lawyer," and it ends up being Hank Pym. And I like when he's sitting in the room talking to him about the suit and how he wants you know him to. Somebody only get so many chances, and you see ants crawling on the camera screen, so they can't see the camera. But yeah, which is super weird and very good. Um, my question with that is like, why? Why would they let this guy in? It, it didn't make quite much sense why he was there, but or how they let him into this jail cell and, and all that sort of thing. Let but him again, into the, if if you act fine. like you belong somewhere, sometimes people just do things without really thinking about it. Yeah, that's fair. He's a famous guy, you know. Yeah. So if you can command the power and you command like you are a lawyer, they they might you know they're gonna fall for it. So that's kind of how I took it. So it was I, I liked it, and then this is also when you have him escape because he puts on the suit or wait no you have cassie in bed holding a little stuffed animal that he gave her saying that it's her favorite and then they're <laughs> and they don't really want to tell her that scott's and you know committed a crime again going back all back to jail all over again and this is when i i do like that part where he's sitting in the cell the little ants drag in the the suit and all of a sudden they just start counting numbers and i and it goes from like 10 to 8 he puts on the suit and it's four and i gotta say <laughs> damn yeah. put that suit on fast <laughs> I the same thing I'm like, that is a little too quick to put on that suit, I feel. I mean, I know it's perfectly tailored for your body type magically somehow, but I mean, wow, that's really, it's, it's kind of tight, too. You he had been watching him while he was in jail. So this maybe is true. You, know, he have this, you know, he had the ants come in and tailor him while he was sleeping, you know? <laughs> and I, I want to jump back real quick. I, I meant to mention this the first time we see her on screen, uh, Maggie's mom, who uh, was played by uh, Judy Greer. Um, she's great. I really, really like her work in this. And she has very little to do, but I love that idea of a, a mom who's just trying to make the best of a bad situation. And she's she's not mean. She's not evil. She doesn't, she doesn't want um, Scott at the birthday party, for example, because he's a bad guy. It's not good for her, the daughter. It's uh -huh. too confusing. You know, you got to call. We got to prepare her. We got to let her know you can't just show up, which is I okay. Like that. I think she's great. I know she's, and she's, you know, she lets her, her boyfriend be the, be the jerk. Um, boy, is he a jerk, man. Get out of oh, here. Yeah. But, is. uh, <laughs> you know, he's, which is fine, but she's very good. I just wanted to point it out because she has a moment here too when she's with her daughter kind of explaining things. And it's like, wow, yeah, that's, that's mm. a good piece of acting. It's good yeah, because Cassie, Cassie's like, is is Daddy a bad man? And she's like, uh, Daddy gets confused sometimes. Right. It's uh, it's very good. And also, she has that line earlier, uh, "Be the hero she thinks she is, she thinks you are." Mm -hmm. Is uh, and it kind of calls back later on um, 
just wanted to point it out. She's very good and um, in a little minor role. Yeah, and Cassie's awesome. adorable. Oh yeah, I mean, forget it. Yeah, yeah, she does a good job. That girl plays a good, does a good job. So, and then you have the ant escape. Like I, I enjoyed all this where he's, you know, trying to, you know, he shrinks down, he gets on the ant, he's running out the, running out of there, falls into the sewer. All this again, I was just enjoying the ride. And it, this is when you have Anthony when he names the ant. Yes, he names. Uh, yeah. Yes. Two four seven. Two four seven. <laughs> yep. I like that. They don't have names. They have numbers. I'm going to call well, him Anthony. You know how many ants I have? It's a very I, cute, very kind of pure moment of, uh, yeah, again, a little more character building, but again, extremely cute, it's, very it's, charming. It's, again, it's funny. Like, he's flying around. He's falling on the taxis, on the newspaper. Like, I, I, I liked it. Again, I was laughing and everything during the scene. It's a little guy in a big world, so I'm sure this is Jeff Cork's favorite MCU movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you listen to this, shout out to Jeff Cork. <laughs> Jeff Cork, my man. And this is, and I like how you have him flying to a certain point, and then he ends up fainting off the ant because he just can't handle what's really good. Sense. Yep, he's I mean, just I a guy. Too, I'm sure. Just a guy. I love it. It's just again showing us, hey, he's not a superhero. He's not. He's frail. He's just a guy in a suit. You know, a very good suit that's going to protect him and do all sorts of cool things. But again, we have someone who's trying, who can use his intellect as well as the tools he's been given. Yeah, because um, he he has no powers. He just has a suit. No. So it's it's real it's a really good moment. I always put and I put down, it's uh, his team of bug bros. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't, we don't have to say that ever again. I need to come out of my brain. I need to leave. I need to come out of my brain. Oh, and by the way, earlier when you had the buyers, one of the guys has a ten rings tattoo on on his neck. No, really. All so right. to tie it back to the original Iron Man movie, and they do okay. at some point in this movie. They make a reference to uh, Sokovia, Sokovia or Age of Ultron. Sokovia, yeah, it's when they're talking about the Avengers later okay. on. Okay, like you should we yeah. call the Avengers? Like, aren't they busy dropping things on people or something like mm-hmm. that? Yep, 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 yep. Making the ref- Avengers reference. And so, and this is also when you first, when Hank first, or not Hank, Scott first meets Hope. Yeah. He's using my Ant Man here. He's just standing there texting the foot of his bed. Like, I, I like that. Watching me sleep. Like, yeah, last time you're here, you stole something. <laughs> I, 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 even though they let him steal it, like, you find out it was all on purpose. Like, they let him do it. They gave him the hint. Everything it was all them because they were watching him. Well, Hank did. Oh, yeah. Find out, find out that Hope's the one that actually called the cops on him when he brought it back. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty him. good. And then we see the, uh, the giant-ass bullet ants around the bed. Nope. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, that's real nope. 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 <laughs> don't like that at all yeah oh. that that part is like god i would and she's like he's waiting for you to, you know over here or something and he's just like all tiptoeing around the ants and they're moving and again another part that i laughed at when they when they sit down they're having the whole tea discussion they're talking about what he wants and who he is and kind of thing and he's like what do you want any sugar he's like sure i'll take some sugar and also <laughs> the ants start moving to sugar he's like no, no, I'm good i don't need any sugar <laughs> they just I like dejectedly that. start pushing it back it the other direction bad. Yes, so so funny, really good. Uh, it's really very again, very cute, and yeah, those those act, those ants acted their acted their antenna <laughs> off. Dang it, they were just marvelous. Yes, that CGI really put it in there, huh? It's good though. That was really it well was done. Were, yeah, it was great. I, very funny. <laughs> yeah, just pushing those sugar cubes back, just turned right around. You. <laughs> <laughs> I like, He's like, oh wait a second, you meant the ants are getting me the sugar? No, no. I, <laughs> I like Scott's line when when Hope leaves the room. He's like. Whose pajamas are these? He's very concerned about whose pajamas he's wearing. They never say, by the way, either. That no. doesn't mean someone had to change them. True. Hope, I'm assuming. I no one, 
guess. I wonder if she doesn't like him. Uh, hey! <laughs> Two shows, ladies and gentlemen. Tip your waitresses. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I wrote down my notes. You have Pim Pin Lab. I think this is yeah. This is off and on when they're talking about Call of the Avengers that we were that that was funny by the way. And again, it makes sense because you know Scott's like, why are why are we sending me to go do this? Because at the same time, this is when Yellow Jacket or whatever the hell his name is. Cross, Darren Cross is per, per, he ends up shrinking a sheep. He's perfecting the shrink the the technology. And again, you see Hope getting upset all over again because I mean, more and more you find out how Hope wants to suit. She wants to be the Ant Man. She wants to go in there and infiltrate, and he just will not let her. And he's lying to her about what happened to her to their to his to her mother, and he just won't like. And you can and that was and I don't know if this is the part, but at some point they tell you that that the distrust they have between each other. Is because he wouldn't. He's been lying to her all her life about what happened to her mother. Is this where he snaps at her? Where she keeps saying that she should be the one going in? I can't. That's remember. later. Because okay. that's later when she retreats to the car and and. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay. later. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't snap at her. Yes, after the. It, it, yeah, the, I just wrote in my notes. Ant Man training. Yes. Well, at this I point, like this. I mean, yeah, because hang on, I get my notes here. Sorry. Yeah. No, this is again. This is. I think is this the point too where. Um, where Scott basically says, "Who are you? What am I doing? What's the story?" Like, tell it to me straight. <laughs> yeah. Don't, so right? He's got then, one question. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, one question. And that's when we get that whole cross in the Pym saga. So we now know what their backstory is. A lot of this movie is set up. Again, like I said, we're about forty minutes in, and we're still setting things up. Um, but luckily, the payoff is, for the most part, really good. So it is worth it. And uh, the Ant Man training again is another like all the little like where it kind of jumped back and forth. I enjoyed all that too. I, I also like. Oh yeah, no, the train montage is great. I like the. Um, I do like the part in uh, this point where when he mentions the Avengers, uh, Hank also says, "Wait, I don't, I'm not. No, I'm not returning this to a Stark. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bit of a callback back to the original. So uh, yeah, and I can't remember. I and mean, this might be the part where 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 Daddy just yells at her and says, "No." Yeah, it is. And it's it obvious. Yeah, I think you're right, and it's it's obvious because you know what happened is you know he doesn't want he's, he doesn't want to lose her, and that's obvious from the beginning. And then obviously the movie tells us that because it's it's a movie, it's got to tell us that. And and on the very that. first scene, uh, the guy that Hank punches mentions Janet. He's like, "If only you'd protected Janet this ferociously or whatever," and that's what sets him off. So you know something happened to Janet. Right, and you get the regulator talk where you never touch the regulator, and I like how he starts messing with it. and He tells like, "Hey, you go stop a time. You never. Oh yeah, you're right. We never touch it." And he just, I like how he just stops immediately. He's like, "Oh, we're done." It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good. I'm sorry. I also like the comedy parts where he's underground with the ants when he's learning to talk to the ants, and all the crazy ants swarm him, and he grows up big. He's like, "Well, that was a lot scarier a second ago." <laughs> I, it's I funny that, that we're recording this this week because the game Grounded just came out where you play. It's a survival game in, in a backyard where you're playing as these shrunken teens. It's weird. That game came out months ago, Mike. <laughs> well, <laughs> as of this recording. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of little fun things in this training montage. Um, you get your obligatory shirtless shirtless hero moment, which is always, you know, it's always fine. It's good. Hey, listen, nothing wrong with that. The man worked really hard to make that body happen. So, oh, yeah, they had to put it on there. Loves those. Yep. <laughs> they, they do. They do. So they do indeed. And it's like, all right, I'm. I'm fine it's fine with me but i always like pointing him out because they're very obvious yeah it um, was the only the only scene in this where he shows off his abs for no other reason than to show off his abs <laughs> yeah he's nursing a bruise again it's fun watching him get beat up by uh by hope it's always, I, just, I always i do like that training when they're going back and forth she's just kind of beating the shit out of him 
Yeah. Like that punch part. It's like, okay, show me a punch. She just punches him in the face. Like <laughs> I, I like that. And it does a nice job of proving that she probably should be in the suit. Like she, yeah. she's more than capable of doing the things that that Hank needs to do. But again, he's not going to send his daughter into certain death. And I, yeah, I gotta get it again. Like um, like Scott says, he's expendable. Like, huh? He's like, I can. No one cares about me. I can. I'm expendable. You, you're not clearly. So why are you still when- pissed off? That whole backstory part and everything with that is really good too. The kind of show the character them getting closer. Yeah. No. Oh, well, that's what I was gonna say too with the subatomic stuff is he's describing it, and at the time it it seems kind of funny, right? Because it's he's kind of going off. You you dip dip further and further into a universe where everything you know and everything you love and everything is just gone. And you're and it's almost kind of funny because he's kind of going off like an old man would, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, he's an old man. okay, we get it. And then you realize. Oh, that's what his wife did. So he's actually going off and remembering what happened. It's so it's a nice moment that you remember because it's an effective moment of acting for Michael Douglas, but it's also um, a really good um, character and character beat that gets called back later that you can remember. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, wow, that has a lot more weight now, as I recollect. Yeah, because Scott's whole motivation through this entire movie is Cassie because that's how Hank wins him over. He gives him the the dad to dad speech saying that this isn't about us, we're making the world better for them. And that's, like Bill was alluding to, that's kind of what gets Scott out of a jam later on in the movie. Everything really does tie up nice. All, mm-hmm. all the, there's really not many loose ends to this. Uh, it's, it's very well, yeah, well, well drawn in that, in that respect. I'm just trying to think of other things. I thought it's very cute. The, uh, they describe all the different types of ants and what they can do. So again, you got your team. Our good bros are coming back soon. But we have our good <laughs> bugs, and we learn each what the four types do. I meant to do this before we recorded, and I forgot. Damn it! Because my sister is a zookeeper. She's a she was a vet tech for a long time. She's a zookeeper. She knows a ton about animals. I want to know if the if if ants doing with this sort of like kind of technology influencing thing could actually do some of the stuff they do. Hmm. I'm curious if that's like not a thing they can actually do, or if that's just a cartoony comic book thing, which is fine either way. I was just curious, but I I'm going through, I'm looking at the ants, and like, oh, there's the big ants, bump. There's the the giant ants. Okay, hey ants, <laughs> and then there's the fire ants, and I'm like, screw you, y'all got to go. <laughs> every little one of you bastards, I fight with you every weekend. I find another mound. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you live in Texas. I find you know how many times I my wife's extremely allergic to fire ants. She actually had to go on antibiotics because she, oh, oh, I'm laughing. She got like hot and fire ants and she had her foot swolled up and she had to get antibiotics and the whole thing. She's very, very allergic to fire ants. I've been bit numerous times by these bastards. They did. And I've murdered, I've murdered scores of them. So as soon as my wife and I saw fire ants, we were like, they got to go. Get rid of them. them." Since you brought up fire ants, I have a story. I, I live in Minnesota, so I don't know if fire ants are normal. I shouldn't. But I would visit George, and there was one time I'm walking barefoot down this pavement road, and I, I don't remember why, or I didn't see it, or what. I stepped into a whole bunch of them oh. crossing something. Yep. And I did not feel good after that. That was my never again that I step on fire ants again after that. They swarm fast, too. You don't have to do much. You step on a mound, they are on you. And it's very accurate in the film because the film paints in that exact same way. Like they just come in swarms and they just they're just swarmers and runners. Yep. And they're biters and they will bite you but they, instantly. They don't it's, like it's crazy. gasoline. I found out. They don't like gasoline. They don't like there's some certain there's some chemicals you can throw on those mounds that take right. care of pretty when I was in Georgia, my my uncle at the time would put he'd he'd, he'd put gasoline in the hole and light it on fire. 
I don't think that was the right way to do it, but that's what he would do. No, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think that's how you should deal with your rodent problems and your pest control. <laughs> your pest control shouldn't be throw some gasoline down there and light nope, it ablaze. Put gasoline I down there. He's like, I'll kill him. I'm like, well, yes, it well, will, but. Yeah, but you also have a whole roof structure for your lawn. I'm sure you want it to look pretty. <laughs> anyway, anyway. But yeah, so the whole training montage is very good. Um, there's lots of little cool moments. I, I don't have a ton more. All leading up, of course, to um, the final phase. I completely missed what they were trying to get and why. So I knew they were going to get a thing for the final piece because they needed one more piece. It's some MacGuffin is the best way to put it. It's is it? Okay, device, did he even say but... like... We they need say a, what it is, but it's a MacGuffin. Like, they need it for the final caper, but they don't say what it is. I it's thought a, they said what it is. They show a picture of it, but I don't remember. I must have missed it. I completely blew by it. I go to my wife. I'm like, but James, do you, a do you, couple what do they want? Right before that, that I want yes. to mention is one, you have the hope. You see hope controlling the ants, like you were saying mm-hmm. before, where it shows she should be in charge. You also get the wasp backstory little scene yes. where how she you know you as you mentioned too where she where she dies in quotations and then, then you have the part where they finally are planning to go get the thing from this old warehouse up in new jersey i think it was in new upstate new york yeah, yeah. but uh hope controlling the the ants as she's doing it they start to like cover the light and dim it out hope's actually a villain for a time in the comics it's the red queen oh so seems like that's an allusion allusion to that i didn't know that yeah, I saw it on some YouTube video. Okay, I, just say, well, some, some, I don't remember where, but I saw it somewhere. Because when I heard you say Red Queen, I was thinking, you're all going to die down here. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that one. Okay. I Yeah, it's interesting. That that scene's actually pretty scary. It's kind of like, almost had like a poltergeist thing going on, where like, the supernatural was happening. You know, the, an- the ants were flying everywhere, flooding here. You know, they're just getting mad. Yeah, it's cool. And that's when she, she departs really upset. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, this is when she finally finds out how her mother died, that she finally gets over, because he'd been lying to her all these years, and it's all really good. It gives him the seriousness of the movie that's been mostly kind of jokey. It's got yeah. room for it. Absolutely, yeah. And then I, I do like when you have, like, we were talking about where he goes, he going to the, up, you know, that Stark warehouse, and you have the whole pair drop thing, he's like, this isn't no Stark warehouse, this is the Avenger headquarters. <laughs> like, I, I like that. You know, <laughs> throw, I had completely forgotten that this scene was in this movie till so somebody <laughs> brought it up two weeks ago. We were talking about Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> I, com- I completely forgot, too. I was very pleasantly surprised. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I would have been pleasantly surprised if someone wouldn't have reminded me. <laughs> Michael. So I, I like go to venture headquarters. He's like, you know, and, and then right away as he as he gets there, he ends up setting off an alarm. And I think he's on the roof when Falcon shows up. He's like, hi, I'm Scott. And they're like, what well, don't say you don't introduce yourself. He just say hi, I'm Scott. <laughs> was, that's good. Even before that, he's like, it's OK. You can't see me. And Falcon's like, I can see you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you it's, see it's funny. <laughs> he just has no idea what he's doing. Very lighthearted. Um, well, guys, sorry. The fact that Falcon ends up pretty much getting his ass beat by Ant-Man, who doesn't know what he's doing, I think says a lot about Falcon right here. <laughs> that was my biggest takeaway from this whole thing. This is our first scene of the new Avengers, a new Avenger, at the Avengers facility <laughs> after Ultron tries so hard for us to be like, here you are, the new team. And you're like, really? This guy's kind of suck for the most part. <laughs> and this is our this is our first chance. This is Falcon. This is, you know, he's our new Iron Man, almost not really. Yeah, 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 yeah War yeah. Machine. Yeah, War Machine. But you know, he's Falcon. He's a big deal. He's our new Hawkeye. He's our new <laughs> <laughs> emphasis and, on Hawk. 
And you know what? Less than impressive. I didn't do a good job. Not a good first introduction to the Avengers. Um, just like, wow, ugh, this new iteration, not great, I don't no, think. They don't do too good. But Scott no. had the whole training montage. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but they well, didn't play Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> I love but that yeah, Scott's it's... apologizing the entire time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And anyway, I love too about this whole, this is about the MCU in general, and I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. I'm sure I have. But it's, I love the fact at this point, the Avengers are a well-known entity in the world of the MCU. Like they're not these hidden vigilantes who hide underground or in a fortress of solitude or some other silly place. They're just there and they're celebrities and they're protectors and everybody in the world knows who Falcon is, right? He's not a, you can't go to Starbucks without signing some autographs, right? So <laughs> he, and that's cool. Cause again, you have that like, wow, he, he's kind of, um, Scott's almost giddy. Like, oh, <laughs> First off, I'm a really big fan. I'm a really big fan. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. I enjoy this fight. Like this is a fun that's fight. Very fun. And yes. when he finally rips out like some of the tech in the back, he can't see him anymore, and that's what, and he's able to get away from that. And I, I like how the last thing Falcon says, "Don't tell Cap about this." <laughs> Love that. Really important that Cap never finds out about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very good. It, it's this is a great opportunity for us now to see. We've see, all we've seen of the Ant Man suit and Ant Man is kind of running and dodging and not being in control, really. We've seen the training montages of him learning, which is important, but we haven't really seen him be any any effective. And we now can see what this suit can do in combat. So we can see, and they mention a lot of these things during training, right? Like Hope says, if you launch yourself um, at a certain speed, you're like a bullet, you know, if you, once you get small. But it's all about timing, right? So seeing him be able to punch somebody by kind of jumping and then again getting small using his momentum is interesting, right? You're using the force of a 200-pound guy, compacting it into a tiny little ant thing. Boom, you can really do some damage. Lots of flips and lots of just um, very acrobatic. And, and Falcon, just not not good. He did not show – not a good showing, sir. He's not, he's not the best. He's whipping out double Uzi's trying to take out something the size of a, of a Tic Tac. <laughs> yeah, how's that work? <laughs> It's like it's like letting your lawn, like 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 throwing gasoline on your lawn and lighting a fire. <laughs> evidently, same same story. But uh, yeah, and it's good. And then of course it ends with, like you said, Mike, with uh, him doing smart ant things, <laughs> smart ants doing smart ant things, and just it's not really smart. He's just going in there and just ripping out cables. Yeah, if someone's whole superpower is relying on an electronic backpack, it's a good way of doing it. Destroy the backpack, and sure enough, it takes him out. And then he just gets it and leaves, and we never see it. Yeah, and then I mean, Hank is sitting there and be like, "You failed. You shouldn't have did this." And he just throws him the piece of tech, and he and he all of them changes opinion real fast. It's like, "Oh, okay." Did he compliment me? Kind of sounded like it. This is the scene where it's a lot darker than than it seems. Like this is the next part where you have crosses in the house, and Hope goes disappear, and then he comes and he's talking to Hank Pym, and it it didn't really occur to me when I first saw it. It's like you know, he just he just picking up something. It's like, "Oh, I just wanted to invite you." But when you get farther in the movie, he's like, I came here to kill him, but you were there. When you think about it, he's wearing a leather jacket. He's wearing gloves. Like, he yeah, is here black. ready to murder Hank Pym, his mentor. And he, you know, like, and then when he sees that Hope, this woman that he either romantically involved or not romantically involved, is here that he ends up kind of like losing it a little bit, too, when he starts really he's been played in a way. It's how I took it. Yeah, because even Hope's like, says to Scott, like, the plans are in there. We need to hide them because he will... He will kill him. She's like genuinely upset about it. So we know this guy is unhinged. 
At least we know that she knows it. Yeah, right. That's exactly it. We know she's aware of just how off the rails uh, this guy is. It's a pretty effective scene. You know, it's it's got some t- it's got some good tension. You know, and nobody's quite sure what to make of him. And yeah, it's 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 a nice intense scene. And uh, again, we don't need to know he's a bad guy. I mean, we have no we have we don't need to know he could easily kill a room full of people. He just gooped a stranger and a and a goat, so <laughs> or a lamb. So I mean. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't have many qualms. And then he leaves and says, "All right, well, later." Yeah, and this is when they start. They start the whole plan to infiltrate. What well, again? It become completely becomes a heist movie. And then he's off. Oh, we're gonna triple security and we're gonna close mm-hmm. the vents and we're gonna do this. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, like, really, like you just threaten this guy, like you know exactly what he's gonna do. But okay, I mean, I'll I'll give it to you. But it was just one of those. It was odd to me. Yeah, I think this is where she says that the. Being around the pin particles is messing with his head. He's getting paranoid and whatnot. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly right. I guess he started shrinking at this point, so I can buy it. Yeah. So. I, again, I, I not to belabor the point. I, I definitely see that more of the movie now. Saying I took it as he's been doing all these experiments. He's been surrounding himself with this stuff. It's in the air. It's in his nose. Mm-hmm. It's you know, and and him just being power hungry to begin with, and having this motivation of I've been scorned by my mentor, and I'm going to show him is a. Yeah, that's a motivation. Sure, is it a motivation to cold-bloodedly murder a reluctant <laughs> buyer of your of your terror weapon? Oh, I don't think that's really called I mean, for that. You, that's but, how you yeah. sell it. You kill other people who are interested in bidding against it, so you can't have you have less <laughs> bids. I mean, I thought that's how it works. That's how sane people operate, I guess. Very good. But yeah, so that's, that's a good. So does. yeah, we now we have our, our our good bros are back and are we're getting ready for the caper. Uh, yet another. I, I like it. Yeah, bring in the team. I mean, yeah. this the, the three wombats. I I, I like this. <laughs> and then also you have a very small scene where he goes and visits Cassie in in his aunt suit and doesn't say anything, and she's sleeping. And then they have the whole because again, he doesn't. He, he thinks he might not come out of this. He thinks he's no. going to be done. Yeah. Well, he's remembering why he's doing this too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a one last you know one last kind of goodbye, even though she won't see him, and it's very sweet. It's a it's a little touching little moment. It's a. It's nice. It's a good grounding moment for us to kind of remind us a little bit. Oh, that's right. He's he, he's in it for her. Again, reestablish. You know, good guy. Good. Even before that is where uh, Scott shows the team the suit and what it can do. Louis oh, says, I... Daddy, don't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> and our, our, our Russian dude says, says this, this is the work of gypsies. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite line. That's my favorite joke of the movie. I think there's one of the coming up that's close, but oh, I'm glad you like Kurt. He gets he gets more moments to shine in the sequel. Oh, does he? Oh, great, oh, yeah. good. I really like him. He's 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 awesome. <laughs> cool. Looking forward to that. I have no recollection of the sequel. It's good. I might watch it tomorrow. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, okay. And this is and then you also like everything with the whole heist is just is well done. And when you have, and then they finally go in. Like I enjoy that, where they're like, "Okay, we got to go in through the water because the water, the only thing you can't put, you can't put any like security measures in because of the pressure." And I, I like this. Like, okay, you know, Louis dresses up, dresses up as the security guy, goes in there, and he's like, "Oh, boss told me to go down here and do this. I am the boss." Like, oh shit, and he just punches him in the face and says, <laughs> "Yeah." Oh, just before that, we got to remember this is a Disney movie, so he's got to be whistling a Disney song. Oh, that I just, it it's, a, it's a small yeah, world. I just now got the double meaning that it's a small world. Oh, did you really? Oh my Jeez. gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, a small world. <laughs> it's like I've got it in my notes that it's a small world, but small. Oh, jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't get that what the song was. Yeah, it's a small yeah. world. Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. 
I, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, and I, I do like the whole when you have Ant Man in water with riding the riding the ants and you know climbing up, and then he's in the vents. I, I enjoy all this little CG part. Like I think I think it was well done. Yeah, and that's the point too, where I was kind of thinking. Again, those are the fire ants who are, who are doing that bit of um, <laughs> those horrible creatures. Yeah. Those horrible creatures. Um, they are horrible creatures. They serve any purpose? No, they're just this great. They need they need to go. They need to go. My sister, I'm sure, could tell you that they serve some sort of ecological purpose. That's part of the balance of life, and they should be conserved and protected. <laughs> should be burned. But she Kill doesn't it. have an. But she doesn't have an HOA. It's going to find me if I have my lawns untidy. So guess what? Them's got to go. I um, and she also doesn't have a, a four-year-old and a newborn coming. So, <laughs> so that's, a, that's the other side of it too. Well, if you want to move um, to Minnesota, it's a little colder here, but there are no fire ants, so that's a plus, that's right? Fair. No, I was curious, and and Lindsay, a, I love you. I'm joking. And B, I wonder if these ants could do that. Like, could do? Could they? It's silly. It seems stupid, actually, <laughs> that these ants could surf on a, a river of water. And you then, gotta figure that the ones under the water are drowning. There's, there's. Yes, that's okay. They can all drown. Fuck them. <laughs> there's no. Yes, they can. There's. <laughs> well, you there's... live in in the south too, kind of, don't you, Mike? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we have them real bad here. I don't know. Oh, they're a blight here. Probably. I don't go outside. Are you kidding? Okay, <laughs> you can't easily drown fire ants. But the first thing I got when I got when I Google can fire ants drown. Okay. Well, I'm just curious. I'm gonna ask her after this after this recording. Even though it'll probably be midnight. Oh, it's a real thing. They do have floating fire ant colonies. Okay. So well. yeah, they apparently something. There was floods, and they were flo- they were floating in floods. There's videos of that. Gotcha. Oh, well, I'm just curious if they could form ladders and repel. Oh, probably not that and, part. And no. ropes. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. Animals are amazing, so I don't. And know. they can. And you probably didn't. You probably knew this. Fire ants can inflict double pain because they can both bite <laughs> with their mouths and sting with venom from their abdomen. Yeah, we need to keep these animals. No, we don't. <laughs> they gotta go. In a flood, the ants can link together to form a raft that floats on the water surface. Huh. If and if if I may call back very quickly, I don't know what I I don't know what I hate worse: fire ants or the pina colada song. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> which one. <laughs> which one I detest more? <laughs> okay, you must can really go back hate that song. High- we can go back. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, let's go back to the heist before we continue. Well, I can't like. Good. Well, I guess I guess we'll get there. We'll get to the crazy ants. It's not far off. Yeah. Um. So, so we got Luis. He's uh. He's got, got himself. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the next part that we have is when, um, the two un- the two cops are driving an undercover car, and then they go mm-hmm. up to uh Hank Pym because because they, they saw earlier Hank Pym was his lawyer and they're like and and Hank Pym or Scott Lang's been missing since then so they're like hey they start questioning him and that's when they go TI steals his car crashes his car and at the same time when they're laughing in the van he hits the horn and starts playing the La Cucaracha song yep. and and they're like I know that horn and they go run <laughs> to the van very good like, like that bit with Kurt it's like we have problem problem solved <laughs> <laughs> problem solved I like the uh and we actually didn't mention T.I. is in this movie. No, we have mentioned him one. Yeah. yeah. Who is this guy? Oh, he's a, he's a, he's oh, a rapper. Okay. He's a very, very, very well-known um, rapper. Uh, I don't know much of his work. I'm almost positive. Is that T.I.? All right, hang it on. It is T.I., 100% bad. So, yeah, T.I., he's a well-known hip-hop artist. He was really big in, like, the early 2000s, 2004, 2005. Had a lot of hits. And recently, most recently, was on the Blurred Lines, the Robin Thicke song, the big hit from about four or five years ago. He's on that song. He's He does the the verse on Blurred Lines. I hope so this is like Will I Am. 
So. <laughs> What's that? <That's> like, <laughs> I'm not any of all that. Just to let you know. But uh, it's like Will I Am being in, in X Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Wait, don't don't say who to Will I Am. Come on. I now. can't. I, I haven't seen X Men Origins Wolverine. I don't in a know long who he is on that movie. So. Oh, the black guy that's a fake Nightcrawler. Okay, I know you're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> John Wraith. Yeah. Um, we'll get there someday. I'm sure. I plan to tackle those someday. But anyway, Maybe. I like to. I, I kind of like when 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 um non actors are in movies and small parts, and you can clearly tell they're having a great time. Like Ti is just having a good old time in this movie. He's he's driving the van. He's making some jokes. It's it's fun and it's a good it's a good dynamic to that to that group. They're all having. He, fun. he works. I mean, he doesn't really serve a purpose other than he's the driver, I guess. But it works. Yeah, he just again, it's just as an actor, you know, as again as a celebrity who's in a movie and just enjoying the moment and having fun in a Marvel movie. I'll buy it. It's his character's name. <laughs> oh, was it really? Yeah. They didn't. They didn't give him a last uh, a last name. Oh, uh, none of the none of the good bros have a last name apparently, according to IMDb. Eh, why would you? That's fair. Uh, and I, I, like how they get, last, I assume their last name is Good Bro. I like how they get pulled out of the car. I mean, that, that's funny to me too. And they're about to arrest them, but it takes them forever to actually arrest them because it isn't until later when they finally. <laughs> I mean, they play a whole part because they have to try to turn off something to let. I know it's later on, but they have to turn off something to let let Scott get to the suit, and they're getting arrested. And he fights the cop and hits the button and. It just, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't buy this, but okay, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah it was kind of silly. It was again, it's a, it's a device, you know. They kind of zip tied them, or no, they didn't even like. No, they don't, they don't handcuff them. Nothing. They just put them on the ground. <laughs> they put them on the ground. Like you guys will stay here, won't you? But uh, it's got to put some tension in the in the scene. Well, hey, this was 2015, not 2020, so I guess you know Challenge a little different geez. time. <sighs> yeah, I know. I had to make that joke. And, and we see Scott dropping off the crazy ants inside the servers. Yes. This is what I'm going to say. Like, I'm sure they produce electricity, but it can't be enough to to do what they're about to do to basically EMP this thing. It just made me panic. Like, I it's just <laughs> it, I just the idea of, of ants getting into computers and servers <laughs> and then unleashing electrical hell is like my worst nightmare. I don't know why it really. Why are you me out. in the south again? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, up here, I don't have killer ants. I don't have any of that crap. Hey, listen, I yeah, I, <laughs> I know there's reasons, but um, no, just even like not even just because they're ants. It was just a really effective like, ooh, that's scary, you know, like yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not nice. It was cool, good though. I very effective, very cool way of utilizing you know ants and I guess their innate abilities. I'm sure they consulted some zookeepers. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I do sure like they the do whole... that. The whole demolition thing that they're doing—that they're launching little like charges on everything, which doesn't plays a part later. Oh yeah, they do have the little charges on them. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's what they're up to. This is also when you have the whole time you have the ants in the computer and him frying the server and him dropping down into the suit. You also have all the buyers show up, and this is when you find out that that guy who used to work for Shield is a straight up works with Hydra now and just sells whoever and. Well, yeah, Hydra's still around. Like they make, they, you know, they reference what happened in Age of uh, Winter Soldier, but not, you know, because Hydra again cut off one head. You know, two more will pop up. Whatever the hell. Yeah. Yeah. Cross crosses. It's like, yeah, they're representatives of Hydra's. They're doing some great things now. They're not what they used to be. Like, okay. <laughs> this is very funny. Says yeah, the bad okay. guy. Yep, That's just the bad works. guy. Well, he just wants their money. He don't give a shit. Badass bad guy. Apparently, mere mechophobia is a fear of ants. In case anyone was wondering, because. I can't imagine anyone that has that is watching this movie. No, probably, uh, probably not. 
Especially but here you know, in a minute when they start dropping the bullet ants on the guy. Oh, man. I was not a fan <laughs> of that. I mean, if you're a human being, you shouldn't like that. That's that's creepy. It is just scary. You know, I, but I sense yeah. a, a hatred of ants for some reason. I don't hate ants. I really don't. I don't like I don't like fire ants. I like they... the fire ants. No, you don't hate fire ants. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, I'll go speak to them. I'll yes, speak make sure to the you... ants. The ants have no mouth. <laughs> yes. Make no sure voice. you alert the consortium of uh, of <laughs> ant species. I no, I, I don't problem with ants per se. I. You know, they're just bugs and bugs aren't great, you know, but mm, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty creepy. I mean, to have the idea of all these ants falling on you and, and biting and uh, yeah, I wouldn't be OK with it either. So it's very it's it's effective, though. It's effective. A little bit of a squirm. It's not horror, obviously, but definitely a little bit of a squirm there and just very effective. Or to, some people. <laughs> or to some people, for sure. Absolutely. But they do a good job in this movie, um, especially with Anthony, which we're going to see in a little bit, actually, of really endearing us to ants because by the middle of this movie i'm seeing these giant ants and <laughs> no problem like desensitized to ant creatures so i was pretty uh i was pretty on board with a lot of that stuff so i do gotta say i did like the part when when after scott drops in and then they're like yeah and then they and right as he's dropping in they lower the the suit that he was trying to you know steal and you find out it was all a trap like he knew he was coming the whole time i don't mm. know how he knew but yeah he's like i knew don't even I, know that because he read the script <laughs> And he was yeah, pretty much and by the script person. So. I like this. I like you have Ant-Man in the cage. You have Hank punches cross in the face. He's like, you know, I thought you'd be weaker than that. Like that. <laughs> that was that was good, too. Like, that was a good little scene. I like the acting there. It's like, how? It's like, I saw the punch coming a mile away, but man, you still got it. <laughs> it's it's a nice little bit of, uh, you know, bad guys having fun because they've got the they've they've won. It's like, yeah. I won. I got your I got the suit. I got you. I got some buyers. Let's have a little joke. You want to punch me in the face? Go ahead. That's fine. I don't bother me. It's good. I mean, yeah, again, it shows him being just crazy, too. And again, I, I like how this is when you have Cross. I have Cross Explains History. I can't remember what Cross Explains. Oh, is it their history between them that I put in my notes? Uh, Maybe. I think so. I think this is when he goes on about how he was, you know, he should have been, you know, he should have trusted him and oh, he wouldn't yeah. do this and all that yeah. type of stuff. And that's when he's like, I saw too much of me in you. And for those that don't know, Hank Pym is insane. Like <laughs> Hank Pym is why Ultron is psycho in the comics. Is he has his personality. Oh, really? Yeah, Hank oh, Pym's not a good that. guy. He might be an Avenger. He ain't a good guy later throughout the comics. He goes a little psycho. Because okay. they kind of touch on that in this movie, because they say that him wearing the suit for years has kind of messed with his head, too. And That's why he can't wear it anymore. Also, the original Yellow Jacket is Hank Pym mm-hmm. in the comics. That I knew. As a hero, he kind of he does go bad at some point. I have it in my notes as Darren is what would happen if Tony went evil. If Tony Stark was evil, he would end up pretty much like like Darren Cross. Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's a very good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to put it. Well said. And this is when you have him. I think he tried to I, I put in my notes. He tried to shoot Pim, but Scott. Oh, yeah. Scott breaks out. I like the way Scott breaks out of the cage. He ends up having these little discs that we didn't talk about at all. Where oh, he has yeah. a blue one and a red one. That you throw one enlarges something, and you throw one will make something shrink. Yeah, that's kind of important to mention. Yeah, it comes. Yeah, that plays, plays a part coming yes, up. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Because it's also the part during the training montage when um, Hank reminds us that the suit has no weapons, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. This the suit doesn't have weapons, so the only means of anything are these discs who can enlarge and shrink at the. And it's of course Pate plays a very big part. Um, throughout the rest of this movie (laughs) very big (laughs) i didn't mean it like that no pun intended (laughs) no pun intended but you know what i'll accept it it's fine we like we like puns on the show don't we oh yeah 
So, and and I I enjoyed that. Like I and I also this is when after you see them like attack Cross and kind of beat him down a little bit, and he and he escapes. You kind of see him start to go a little crazy in a sense too. He grabs the you know he has the suit or he has the yellow jacket suit, and he's starting to kind of lose it a little bit. He's like, if anyone go gets out of that building, shoot whatever comes out alive. Like he just he's already shot Pim. Pim is dying. Like he's just pissed off, and I like. I like seeing him starting to become more and more unhinged. Awesome. Oh my and, god! And this is also the scene that he pulls. He's got one of the bullet ants on him, on the back of his neck, and he pulls it off, and it just leaves that wound there. It's so gross. Yeah. Ugh. Not pleasant. <laughs> not pleasant. Well, as we've discussed in this episode, ants are not pleasant, especially firearms. <laughs> and then I wrote in my for these guys. in my notes, cool Ant Man gun scene. This is the scene that was in the where you have a part where they're trying to shoot at Ant Man. He jumps around, shrinks, get larger, get larger, and does a whole cool thing. This was like a I want to say this was the, like the test footage that they originally showed for Ant Man long before the movie came out that Edgar Wright was involved in to try to oh. help like sell it. Yeah, could be. And this was part of what made it into the movie. Not exactly the same scene, but part of what made it finally. Yeah, where he jumps up and shrinks down and run, cr- runs across the barrel of the gun. Yeah. 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 That's really very cool. cool. Very, very cool. Again, recontextualizing um, stuff that we know and expect. Again, guys in suits with guns. That's because this is a movie and it's a movie ass movie thing to have. Yeah. Very standard thing we know. But shrink it down to a little dude jumping on top of you know barrels and things of that nature and it's it's really fun it yeah it just takes something we know and twists it on its ear and represents it as something new and exciting and mm-hmm. this is also when when you have payoff like earlier throughout the movie you see uh hank pym have a keychain he has a tank on his keychain and then when they're in this room and he's all you know been shot up and kind of dying and he says something about use the tank and you see this tank just burst out of the wall and they come out it is and- glorious what <laughs> a great moment i mean because his line is like, "Don't worry, I got a keychain." I think he says. I think he says, there, "I got a keychain." He says, "It's not. It's not just a keychain." Oh, it's not like just. That. It's not just a keychain. Next thing you know, boosh, and it, it is a huge cathartic. Because again, half their plan too is to destroy the, the destroy the building, like destroy all the mm-hmm. records, destroy all the. It's not just you know. It's not save the. It's not really save anything. It's destroy everything. So there's <laughs> yeah, no make sure trace. No of this one thing. can use the suit. Right. Like nobody can use this suit. Nobody can have this technology. I love that right at that moment, it breaks out the wall packed and calling for backup. It's like, we got gun, gunfire and all this crap's happening. And the tank bursts through the wall and it's like, and there's a tank. <laughs> it's good. Very though. good. It's very good. And then after that, we, we cut to um, Darren on the, on, in the helicopter. And this is when we have our Shadow of the Colossus moment. <laughs> when, 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 oh, Anthony, aggro. When, yeah, when, our, when Anthony goes down <laughs> and it's, and it, it's sad. Like they play it up the drama. Like there is one small little, there's a small, like one wing just hits the ground. Yeah, that's all it, that's left of Anthony. I like my wife watching. Like, How the hell did she, did he hit him with a bullet? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's I'm the like, other Well, thing. it's so cool. Isn't yeah. there a scene in Wanted about shooting the wings off of flies or something? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. In this movie? No, in Wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on Wanted. That's a decent movie. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty and it's it's a it's very effective because we've kind of grown to like anthony it's is it's his it's his horse it's his aggro and it's it's that's the point where listen if you don't think this guy's got to go now if if the if the buyer who did nothing would say huh the goat <laughs> the goat or the lamb i kept saying goat the lamb you know the attempted murder in someone's home and all the other gooping that's gone on that hasn't sold you that this guy's got to go 
just took oh, it's out gonna get worse because i mean he gets yeah. really freaking evil because right it's right after this when you have they're in the helicopter and you have the building exploding and then you have again somehow darren jumps you know puts on the the suit like really freaking fast yeah that's that's, sense. i don't understand that. yeah i was like wait a second that's a little quick there and if then you Scott have, can do it he can do it i mean come on i know but still I <laughs> this made more sense because this was tailored to him yeah that's fair Oh, I can buy it, but and this is also when you have them fighting in the briefcase. I like this scene. The briefcase Great. is falling out of the helicopter, and then they're also playing the Kier in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you're a one Tree Hill fan, you get to hear about Kier all the time. Nothing. Yep, Marvel's Great. trying this new thing where the villain has the same powers as the hero, but is evil that they've done a hundred times up to this point. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, I yeah. do like that because it's now you're you're matching wits. Although I really can't say that because um, you know, Yellow Jacket has you know these four laser beams sticking out of its wherever it is. But yeah, it's 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 evil equal ground for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, yeah. There are two guys who are not super villains or superheroes, right? They're still just two guys. You know, it's not like you know, Falcon versus Ant Man, which again, <laughs> this is laughed if Falcon lost. Um, it's, a cool scene. it's a cool scene again it's it again it's just lots of fun um these two kind of fighting it out that's a pretty good cure song so i'm into, <laughs> I'm into that and uh yeah it's cool and then they they land in a pool and this is also when he knocks him into the into the bug zapper with the ping pong paddle ping pong i, I paddle. like that and then you have him just get like you think he's dead, but he's like just on the edge of it, and then all of a sudden you get shot, and you hear him screaming, and he wakes up. Oh my god, yeah. it's so crazy! And then yeah, uh, also, Paxton you know, catches him. up to. Oh yeah, go ahead. It shows him, you know, going more and more insane. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, uh, Paxton catches up to to Scott, and it's like you gotta listen to me. Just shoots him with the taser. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> it fits it though. Like yeah. that's what he. I mean, I I I don't blame him. That's what you know. That's what he should have done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, listen. You don't want to hear about ant people and yellow jackets and crazy suits. <laughs> you, look, you just got to go. I guess you got you to gotta be quiet for a second. Well, yeah, from a cop's point of view, he escaped jail and has been on the run ever since. So, yeah, so they finally got him, put his ass down. It makes sense. And it isn't until he's in the back of the squad car and they get a they get some kind of, you know, a call over the radio saying how that house is in trouble, which is Cassie, you know, mm-hmm. Cassie's house. And again, yellow jacket woke back up and he's like, I'm going to go kill who he loves. Because I'm crazy, essentially. Oh, uh, yeah, because he took away his world, so he's going to take away Scott's. Yeah, I mean, it's good, though. Like, it shows you how psychopath this character is. Yeah, but he made the mistake of making it personal. That's it. <laughs> I, Can't do that. And I, I, I like how they don't let... I mean, they don't put him out of the handcuffs. He's just able to, you know, get the mask, get the mask on, then he's able to shrink down and get out of the handcuffs. <laughs> and I really enjoyed this fight scene when they're in her room. Oh, yeah. This is just fucking great. Where they're fighting, they're fighting, you know, Ant-Man versus Jacket. They're fighting on the Thomas Trank engine set. And there's one point where Yellow Jacket, you know, is like about to scream because he's going to get hit by a train. Then it just, (laughs) then it it goes out. Then you see the little train hit him and bump (laughs) and fall over. It's like, it's not a real train, buddy. But it makes sense that you would freak out because you're small. Uh Yeah. So good. Scott's throwing the the train cars at him and uh, Darren's making them explode. But like, why are they exploding? I know. <laughs> That's a good point. What are they filled with? Uh, yeah, what are they filled with gasoline? You know, these are. I yeah, guess no. Credited to his lasers. I guess, but whatever. It's fine. It's comic booky. It's cartoony. It's silly. Yeah, I agree with you guys. This is the best. This is the best sequence in the movie. Um, right. This is the culmination of all the stuff we are here in the theater to see. Right. This is, uh, you know, two little ant people fighting it out in a with. 
Thomas the Tank Engine on a train set in a little girl's bedroom <laughs> and all the fun and glee that comes from it. It's extraordinarily fun. The action is very well choreographed. You always know where you're at in relation to things, it's which can really be challenging because the scope is now different. So mm-hmm. saying, oh, I thought well, it was actually a really weird, actually sad moment when they're on the train and Yelljacket grabs one of the uh, one of the ants and smashes it against the uh, the top of a bridge as the train goes underneath, kind of like, oh, yeah. like, like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> and when Ant-Man goes after him, you see a little smear. Oh, I didn't get as, that. Oh, yeah. It's a little bug smear. Like, it's like, oh, cool. that's sad. <laughs> I care about ants now. Ants are very important. They aerate <laughs> your lawns. They aerate. It's a very vital part of keeping healthy ground and soil. I'll remember to tell the, that next time you talk about fire ants, I'll tell them they're just doing you Please. a favor. Sorry. Uh, so I just, I just had to. So, no, it's just a great scene. And it's so much fun and joyful. Um, you get those wonderful moments when he starts throwing the discs, making things larger and smaller. And you have uh, the, the giant ant is just <laughs> the scariest thing in the world. Like, that's really literally cool. the worst nightmare of anybody with eyeballs. Like, a dog-sized, <laughs> dog-sized ant. It's, um, yeah, no, it's wonderful. I like that one and, and, cup. That's a weird yeah. looking dog. That's a weird it's looking dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And it has one of my, my one of my favorite good bro moments is when they pull oh up. Oh my god. Yep. I love this. I'm waiting for this. And when they pull up to the to the house and they see all the lights and all the cops, and he goes, backing up. Backing up. Keep backing up. Nothing's gonna stop us from helping Scotty. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Just like the movie. We just all keep saying, back it up. Another guy, back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Okay. Oh, Yep. So it's really, again, very fun moment of yeah, what those characters would do. And it's great. And it's a nice little, yeah, the whole sequence is just a joy. It's a joyful moment of, it reminds me a lot of like what, what like kids would do, you know, if they had that kind of situation like blocks or something. It's like kids playing with blocks and action heroes. Like that's the kind of thing you do with like your brother or sister if you had like, yeah, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or, you know, GoBots or uh, Transformers. And all we had around us were like Thomas the, Th- Thomas the Tank Engine toys and what other nonsense we got from ants, you know. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, yeah. Ants and uncles. We, that's the stuff we do, right? You build little things and you knock your characters into them. And it's yeah. that joyful, kind of youthful, fun scene that um, is fantastic. It's, I it's great. I 10 years old again right now sometimes. Uh, yeah, well, listen, hey, all right. <laughs> Talking about joy, let's just let's stay in the moment. Let's stay in the fun. Let's stay in the fun zone, there, uh, guys. Oh, Come on. Get, I do like the giant Thomas that gets tossed out the window when he. So good. God, it's and then and the thing he has to do to finally beat Yellow Jacket, I also like because he can't get through his armor. He's about to kill Cassie, and he's trying to get through and he can't get through. So he breaks the message with the regulator. He was told not to do to go into the quantum zone. In order to stop Yellow Jacket to save his daughter, he's ready to sacrifice himself to save his daughter. Which again, it's just it's good. Yeah, and he and this is also the titanium reference. So yep. as soon as for me, I heard I heard the word titanium and like, oh, he's going subatomic. That's what's gonna happen now. Oh and yeah, because the rocket was titanium too. Yep. Right, right. So I have in my notes. Of course, it's titanium. It has to be. Yes, because everything has to connect and tie up. Which you know, I'm glad it kind of did. That's fine. It, it would have to... been weird if they hadn't. You know. Yeah, definitely. We get to, to Bill's favorite part where Scott screws up Darren's suit and uh, gets some body horror. Oh, there's your Empire Strikes Back moment here. Oh. His, his arm is the first thing to yeah, shrink. okay. Ah. I forgot that was a thing. Unfortunately, oh, I, I did not. Well, Cassie's going to have... 
Cassie's going to have some serious therapy bills after seeing this crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she needs, she she shouldn't be smiling as much as she is at dinner a few, ni- few nights later. That, <laughs> that poor girl is, is still in the corner, unfortunately, with her ugly toy. I, yeah. Oh, I really thought his screams are, were chilling, uh-huh. really chilling. Um, the fact that he just starts breaking up from the inside out is horrifying. And it took its time, which I appreciated from just more, more of a, I did, I, 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 but, but, but here's why. And it's not because I'm a weirdo who likes that sort of thing. Yes, you are. Even though I am a weirdo who likes that sort of thing. <laughs> it's not because of that. It's because he's earned that. Mm-hmm. He needs that. We need that cathartic. You can't just go in a puff of smoke. You need to like really feel this because you've been just a murderous nut job from the, from day one. Because your mentor didn't like you too much. Really? Oh, <laughs> Pumpkin, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's but kind of a, a, a bad reason to go psycho. He's got, he's got, he has very little motivation. And he's very, and like I said, one-dimensional characters all the way through. But he's the most one-dimensional of all of them. But he's got to go. And when he does go, it's a good, snappy, cracky sort of just... Ugh. Folding drink. up like origami. Oh, yeah. It is just... It's, I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, I, I knew I Bill mean, would, though. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I was watching this movie. Like, that's how in into this movie I was. I didn't even think about. Oh, yeah, Bill's gonna love this. Like, I do a lot of time we, when we when we watch these movies. I just I was just like just just watching it. I have it in my notes: is Bill's body horror equals Cassie's therapy bills. <laughs> <laughs> Which generally uh, okay. It's yeah. it's right. I, I do like what brings Scott back. After Scott shrinks down to the fan in the Phantom Zone, after <laughs> shrinks down to the Quantum Realm, wrong franchise, and he he's he's going down, and then he can't like you hear Cassie's voice talking to him. He's getting smaller. He's getting smaller, and then he finally somehow you know unconsciously takes one of those discs and puts it into his belt, and then grows back up and ends up popping out alive and mm. escapes the Quantum Zone. It was all really good. A lot of a lot of payoffs there all at once. Yeah, you, yeah, it's nice. You do get a bunch. And I mean, again, this also links to the second movie a lot where when he gets back, he tells Pim about the whole sub, how he went subatomic and everything, which yeah. will play a part in the second movie. Right. And it, Endgame. I, I don't know. And I don't know about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It plays about... part. You've seen Endgame. So. Well, I've seen Endgame. Yeah, 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 yeah. It plays part in Endgame. Yeah. But uh, I, I, it, it's the whole that whole scene had lots of 2001 Space Odyssey vibes for me. Um, Just again, this kind of descent. That was the ref what they were going for, too. Oh, was it? Was it a I'm specific sure, reference? Yeah. Okay, which makes that makes sense because it, it is not only is it this very colorful, vibrant, trippy moment of going through molecules and atoms and quantum's and whatever else it is, but it's beautiful. So it's all this kind of sensory overload. But the character is becoming numb. He's like, you know, Scott is not fighting it after a while. He's just kind of staring off into the distance and just accepting this kind of serenity of I'm just gonna fall maybe forever i don't know but and then he hearing her voice snaps him out of it just enough to like get that to get that disc out of his belt and pop it in and and get big again my thing was like how's it gonna stop him getting big like (laughs) is he gonna keep going like go the opposite way but clearly it doesn't because it's a movie and that's fine yeah we don't get that until civil war right now exactly yeah (laughs) which is also lots of fun um mm, yeah about that so he's <laughs> so we have our the, so we have our wrap up. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, we can't my, forget probably your favorite scene where you have Hope and and Scott kissing. They get interrupted. <laughs> yeah, stop. Would you? Yeah, stop. <laughs> hey, does not Natalie Portman? You're okay with it, right? 
No, you know, <laughs> it wasn't as forced as that as as the Thor movies where he's as... like, oh, naked hot guy, woo. Well, no, it wasn't as it wasn't as crucial. That's the thing. Portman, Portman be, being yeah. a little horny for for hot Nordic <laughs> man. <laughs> that that was the catalyst for him to no longer be a jerk and realize how important leadership is. Like that's a turning point. This is just a dumb little tag on where they're smooching and 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 Hank says, "No, you can't do this," and he's like, "Yeah, I can't." Sure. Now I don't know if they get I don't know if they get romantically involved in the second one. Please don't spoil it. But but that was just stupid. I, I like why but at the end but it was also at the end so i'm like ah, it's over movie's over it's funny though i'm not gonna get too bent out of shape about it but no it's not good see the funny thing by the time we watch ant-man and the wasp will be right after we finish infinity wars so we will be ready for something kind of lighter after that oh yeah it's perfect for that, that like built, built at the top of this one how yeah. it's it's such a light note after such a heavy one it's it's great for that but yeah, i like I like Hank being like, well, what's going on here? He's like, yeah, I don't know. Hope grabbing me and kissing me. So I got to go. <laughs> I like this. Full of yeah. shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. Very, 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 again, very amusing. Very fun little little moment of uh, Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. He's, he's the kind of guy you can't dislike. So, <laughs> yeah, he really is good. And then and then you have like, again, where it's just kind of like a little like another scene to kind of wrap in the movie where you have they go back to Cassie's house and they're sitting they're sitting at dinner. The fiance, everyone's OK with him now because, you know, he saved Cassie. They don't hate him. They're talking about how, you know, they, they did all the paperwork and he's, you know, they cleared him of when he got arrested for. It. There's a miss. Like, oh, he didn't escape. Camera. Yeah, he, he left. OK, it was OK. Yep. Starting to see Paxton come around. I'm Scott. Yeah, just... nice, nice little scene. It's 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 cool seeing him, you know, around his family, you know, and. And having this kind of, you know, with split parents and all, it's not, it's never normal, but as normal as it could be, congenial, fun, laid back, loose. It was, it was good. It's, it's nice. They, mm-hmm. earn, they, they deserve that too, you know, and he deserves that. That's, that's his prize at the end of all of this is just to spend that time with his, with his daughter. And I don't, we, they never go into why him and his wife left. Maybe it's because he's a criminal. Actually, it's probably why. <laughs> probably. Didn't help I think they case. actually probably said that. So there's still a connection there. Um, good, and it's good to see the the cop, you know, turn turn around on him. I mean, hey, he did kind of save, he's kind of saved his stepdaughter's life and uh, and a lot of other good things. So um, yeah, I also want to just go back real quick to when when Hank is grilling Scott about being quantum, and he's like, "You don't remember anything," and he's like, "Honestly, no, I, I don't. I just don't remember anything." And I feel like he's telling the truth, and he has this look like he was so close. To maybe, maybe his wife mm-hmm. is still alive. Maybe she's still in there, still maybe getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it, it, it's a very poignant scene. And it's one of the really great nonverbal moments, uh, acting moments that he has, uh, Michael Douglas has in this movie. I wish there are a number and I wish I'd pointed out more as we went through it because he is very, very, very good in this. And uh, he commands the scene in every, he commands the screen in every scene he's in. So now is just a nice touching moment at the end. Uh, and then we then we learn about our our last caper because there's another one to do. <laughs> yeah, with Lu- Louis tells us another story about, and I, I like how it's you know you have the story where it's going back and forth and this and that and and it, it's all leading up to Falcon is looking for Ant Man because mm-hmm. of what happened. I like that crazy stupid fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our guess, Stanley cameo, yep, of course. Our Stanley cameo is the bartender. Yeah, it's all right. It's not, it's, not? it's not the best, but and then I I I don't know what it was. Ant Man is trying to find out if he can join the Avengers or something or something like that. I think. Uh, it just no, like Bill said, it's just 
we know that Falcon is looking for for because a guy that the, shrinks. The last thing he they say is he said yes, and they get all excited. Yeah, I think they say they say something to the effect of they're they're looking for Ant Man, like they're looking mm-hmm. for him. I don't know if he says to join the Avengers specifically. No, they never say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's like, yeah, he's like, I forget, I forget exactly what the last line was. It was something like, were they looking for me? And he goes, yes. And what I really like about this too, which is just a silly little thing, but it's good. It's a good touch. How the camera just lingers on his face for like four seconds after he <laughs> delivers. Yes. And his eyes are kind of blinky and he's kind of got that weird grin on his face. <laughs> and then it's cut, cut to the title. <laughs> well, cut to the title. Yeah. And there's your, and there's your title. Oh, that's in the title card. Okay. I and missed it's this fast. For some reason. It comes like, right. Am I wrong? It, it can't, it comes and goes quick. And then so I'm not shocked. You didn't see it. I must have been because I, I was writing notes constantly during this movie, so I might have been mm-hmm. doing notes and not paying attention. Yeah, it's a different experience when you're documenting as opposed to in cl- instead of just watching. Yeah, like, when we do when we do these episodes, we break everything down. <laughs> like during Luis's uh, his his story, the uh, oh, she doesn't work for Shield. I can't remember who the the girl is that Falcon's talking to. He's like, I'm looking for someone. She's like, what kind of person are you looking for? We got we got all kinds of guys now. We got one guy that claims the walls. I'm like, hey, it's, I know who that is. I, I wanna say people this is they were they were in talks to get Spider-Man at this time, so they yeah. already knew it was in the in the process. Hey, I mean he's in the next movie, so they had some idea. Yeah, they had to know. And then you have the credits, and then you also have the part where he shows off the where you see the wash the wash suit for the first time. Yep. Yep. It looks and good. I, I, I like this. Oh, yeah. She's like, you know, he showed like this is the advanced prototype we were working on. All oh, that's good. She and then to... I want to say the next scene that that we see at the very end of the credit is that straight from Civil War, mm, where he has. I Cap- don't know. I don't think so. Okay, it's just an, an added scene where you have Captain America, Falcon, and Winter Soldiers in a vice grip for some reason. <laughs> Why a vice grip? I don't know. Why, but uh, he's in a vice grip. Okay, I was trying to figure out if it was something special or. Like, they definitely talk like it's somewhere during Civil War because Falcon says this would have been a whole lot easier a week ago. It's like, I don't, oh, even, yeah. know, I don't even know if the Accords will let Tony help if he wants to. Okay, so it's after Civil War is already... Okay, so it's mid-Civil it's War. Apparently. I don't like the Easter eggs that are straight from the movie, from the next movie. I just... I don't like that. I agree with you. Yeah. I want it to be something that's just a little teaser to the next movie, but not something straight from the movie. I would have to be mid movie because they don't track Bucky down until like part way into that. Yeah, after, yeah, after everything oh, happens. I haven't thought about it. It's been a long time. But yeah, and at the end, so at, but at the end that at that end credits, he uh, they have Bucky and they say they're like, can we call Tony? And they say Tony wouldn't help. And they say the Accord. Yeah, the Accords, him? the Sokovia yeah. Accords. Oh, the Sokovia Accords wouldn't let him anyway. Okay, and then they say we know. I know a guy. And I guess mm-hmm. is he referring to Ant Man? I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've seen Civil War, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because he's in that. Played and then big, boom. Big part. End of movie. Yep. I'm Hooray. okay with that. Yeah. Good movie. Oh, and then I think we should should we go to Shelf or Box? Sure. Well, do you want to do Shelf or Box first, or because you gave us some homework last time, <laughs> Mike? About oh yeah, we are at the end at the end of phase two. We'll do Shelf or Box. Introduce the next episode. Or introduce what the next movie episode will be after this, and then we'll do the ranking of MCU Phase Two. Excellent. And Bill, why don't you go first for Sulfur Box? Oh, I'm. This is definitely going on the shelf. Uh, this is such a fun movie. I, I. It's. Um. It's really. It's again. It's very slight. It's a very minor movie in the MCU catalog, uh, but it is exactly the sort of breath of fresh air um, I needed 
um, just during this time, you know, August 2020. Um, it's a good, it's a good, it's amusing. It's it's very creative and inventive. Um, it has some excellent moments of action. Um, the shrinking down scenes are just fantastic. They're wonderful and they're filled with joy. And you can tell that this movie was made by people who a really loved the source material and b really relished the opportunity to play in this kind of sandbox with this sort of uh, character with these abilities. Um, so I I adored it. I I enjoyed every minute of it. And I'm glad to see it. And I'm really looking forward now to um, The Wasp, which I have not seen. So this is a very good uh, palate cleanser. Yep, uh, this is on the shelf. Okay. How about you, Mike? I think it was Iron Man 2. I said that I was only going to put like the the upper echelon of MCU movies on the shelf. So by that standard, this one has to go in the box because like you said, it's good, but it doesn't it's not a real standout among the series. What movie did you watch? <laughs> like, well, I'm just curious. It's I agree fine. with you. I agree with you. It's not a standout, but I think yeah, on it's, its own merits. You know. It's not one of my favorites. So by, by my stupid logic that I gave myself, it's going to have to go in the box. Fair okay. enough. Yeah. All right. I'll go. I'll go last. This is definitely going on the shelf because I, I enjoyed this movie. I laughed at this movie. I was happy watching this movie, and it, it was really a just a good time like i was so happy that we got got to watch the movie especially something after age of ultra i needed something kind of happy go lucky that didn't and, and this was just that perfect fit so it's going on the shelf and if you haven't seen it and you have disney plus go watch it because it's one of those movies that so many people missed and you shouldn't you shouldn't miss it age well of Ultra's a light a light-hearted movie unless you're a quicksilver fan or <laughs> a hawkeye fan i guess he lives but so. he lives I mean, you wouldn't think he was going to live after the way that movie goes. <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode if you skipped it for some reason. Exactly. You might be surprised. Episode. All right. And uh, Bill, since actually the next movie we're going to be covering eventually is was your pick. Oh, is it? We're going <laughs> to cover that movie that you picked that, that wasn't an MCU movie. Oh, we're going to do Sin City? <laughs> well, it, we're not going to record it next, but it's going to air next after, at the time that people hear this. <laughs> I'm confused. It's gonna come out the same month that this comes out, so they'll hear it next when they oh, okay. when, they, when they listen. So to next, this. okay. See, wow, I got caught in a time. <laughs> we're in a again. time. We're in a time yep. paradox. You guys are see, we're in the quantum. You see, and you guys are in 2021 at this point, probably. Yes. Hopefully, we we're not in bunkers, and hopefully, fire isn't raining from the skies. But uh, here in, so we're doing we're doing Sin City next. Yes. Yay! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really so. looking forward to um, this movie. I. I'm very interested to see if it holds up to the phenomenon it was when it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if it's going to, uh, yeah, I'm curious going to hold up. I think it's very interesting. Um, I think the idea of style versus substance is very real with this movie. And it's also extremely violent. <laughs> and I kind of relished the idea of making these two guys watching something <laughs> extremely violent. I've in never a cartoon. seen it. I've seen it once. You've never seen it. No. I- Wow. Okay. Oh, well, I guess have no what? idea Just what we're getting in. Tell him he's exactly. in for a treat, Bill. Come you're on. in. For, uh, you're in for a treat, <laughs> I think. So you know my sensibilities when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> Just that's all I'm saying. You just know my sensibilities. This excited. will be a very entertaining episode then, if you've never seen this movie. Seen when I, again, I, I'm a big Tarantino fan, especially back in the days when this was released, and big Robert Rodriguez fan, of course. And um, just 
this whole concept of um, yeah, this stylized cartoon comic movie that is from a comic series that is extremely dark and gritty and serious and film noir and all that. Frank Miller, um, Miller yeah, you know, doing that whole thing. So I think it's an interesting tangent to our current MCU. It's comic book movie, but one unlike has ever been made for you know mass consumption. So I'm very interested. I think it's interesting, and hopefully the podcast itself is. <laughs> decent i I, i'm looking forward to seeing it for the first time because i i might have seen it once but i have no recollection of it so i'm gonna say i never saw it before i can't even remember it existed so i am really looking forward to this show now because (laughs) i'm really looking forward to this oh i've seen it probably 30 times i was super when i was oh when i I was a kid when i was when this was out kid when i was like you know (laughs) early 20s whenever this was this came out this was like my jam i mean i was angry white boy and this was this and fight club and all that stuff man it's okay. Great. Super. I need to stop looking at the woman with her tongue sticking out on Netflix. I need to watch this. So I can get rid of it off my queue. It's been sitting there staring at me uh, for a while. So okay. uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we will see. Interesting. Interested to see uh, your takes. Me too. And and then to follow, to finish up, we should rank the MCU movie just Phase Two. We'll save the final ranking for when we get there. Uh, I did my whole ranking. Well, I did Phase Two, but I also did I also did my ranking. Oh, do you guys want to say the whole thing? Point. Oh, oh my I haven't. Right. I haven't planned that far ahead. Oh, all right. Well, I had the I whole don't... ranking, but oh, sorry, I'm gonna ruin it for everyone then. That's okay. <laughs> well, we can just give ours, and then you can like surprise us, you know, with the full thing. Whatever, we'll figure it out. Do you want to do just phase two then? Let's do that. Yeah, we'll do phase two. I'll, I'll go first. My number right. one: Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man, Ultron, Iron Man three, and then that. There's a second Thor movie, right? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, there's a Reality Stone movie. Oh, okay. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> How right. about you, Bill? I mean, it's pretty close. I think we're all going to have the same thing. Uh, Winter Soldier, number one. I have Guardians 2. I have Ultron 3, which is, which is, when it's actually, I was writing this. Those two could flip flop week by week, to be honest with you. I am still shocked at how much I liked Ultron. But at this Eat moment it. of writing it, uh, yeah, Winter Soldier, Guardians, Ultron, Ant Man, Thor, and then Iron Man 3. Ooh. I hated Iron Man. <laughs> I despised it. It was not good. <laughs> not good. How, about, how about you, Mike? I, uh, I have Age of Ultron as number one. Yeah, I expected okay. it. <laughs> I had wrong. a feeling, too. It's a wrong opinion, but I expected it. Winter Soldier's number two, though. Then Guardians, then Ant-Man, and I don't know where you guys are talking about. There's only four movies in this phase. <laughs> God, I don't even know how to rank those last two. I guess I'd put Iron Man 3 first just because of the house party thing at the end, but yeah, that's it. Iron Man three is a better movie than Thor. It's remember, it's more memorable than Thor: Dark World. That's fair, even if it's because it's so bad. It's still, I mean, Thor: Dark World just happened. I'm like, what, what was that again? It was the movie, apparently. Yeah, the 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 brotherly thing in in Dark World saved it for me. Other than Iron Man three, I know a lot of people who judge who will judge movies on that merit. Like, if it's bad, but at least somewhat interesting, mm-hmm. bad. It'll, I enjoyed iron man 3 this time <laughs> that's bad I oh mean, yeah that's right that was yeah, I, enjoy, that I don't happened. know why but i enjoyed it more than avengers oh, oh man that's that, a line i shouldn't keep uttering it takes credence away from you like an age of ultron then i know i really like <laughs> age of ultron though a lot more than i know avengers it, saying you like iron man 3 kind of taints your 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 rankings <laughs> 
<laughs> I really didn't like that movie. I can tell. But those two are a toss-up, really. I don't know. Maybe oh. I, I have a hard time remembering both. Every time, you know what it is with Iron Man 3? Not to get this too long. I With Iron Man 3, I always just think of how much of a dick Tony Stark is. I, I always think of Tony Stark telling it's telling a kid, child outside the outside of a car, you know, from inside of a car, outside on a snowy day, saying, hey, I guess that's why your dad left. Like, what? <laughs> Jesus. Monster! I'm, I'm gonna what? leave just like your dad. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. What? And yeah, and just bad Stan Lee cameos and uh, just all that. Oh, just yeah. Jeez. Oh, it's bad. I mean, there's the cringe. There's the cringe bad in Iron Man three is worse than anything that's just boring bad in Dark World. Dark World's biggest problem, again, not to go too long, is it's boring. It's boring <laughs> yeah. and it's la- it's yeah. dull and it's just uninteresting and confusing and blah 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 blah. but iron man 3 is just mean and misguided and the bad parts sting harder than just you know the numb and you know, anesthesia of uh for this so. episode before we recorded iron man 3 episode i would 100 percent agree with you and somehow i found myself enjoying it last time iron man 3 wins up because it introduces to omniboat <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've not forgotten <laughs> indeed <laughs> I forgot about Omniboat. I don't want to remember Omniboat either. Someday. Okay, you keep saying that. <laughs> I have lots of other things planned for Omniboat. All right, any last things to say, or should I ra- start wrapping up with plugs? Oh, I Wrap think we said plenty. Okay, yeah, we did. First, I want to thank Bill and, and Mike for doing this with me when we had issues with my internet and we're recording later, So, which we had not referenced that joke from earlier. <laughs> oh, fucking internet. I still don't know why my internet went out. But okay, first I want to say if you enjoyed this episode, we got 11 other MCU episodes for you, for you to check out. So go listen to those. They need more love. And also, we do regular weekly episodes every week. We do we do mini episodes now. We do we cover bite-sized games, and we record episodes about it. We also have comic episodes, other movie episodes. Go check out. We do tons of stuff on this podcast, because I'm crazy. So definitely check those out. Want to give an awesome shout-out intro to our Courtesy of Bulby, aka Mike Stoney from his EP Bite the Bullet, Song to Cool Kid Squad. So if you like his, if you like our intro, check out his YouTube channel. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us at Games My Mom Found or at Mom Found on Twitter. If you search Games My Mom Found, Google, it'll find us just fine. So find us. Follow us on there. I'm constantly posting images and new things, whatever's going on with the show. As long as I don't forget and the internet's out and I don't do anything that day. <laughs> I usually do. So check us out on there. And I think that's all I need to say for tonight. Bye we now. ended up all of our Spooktober stuff is out, so if you're into that kind of thing, you've got a whole swath of awesome games to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I forget what I, I can't I don't even know exactly when this is gonna come out, so it might have been over for, for a little bit at the time. Yeah, but still. It's a good lineup. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. All right. We will see you guys all next week. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.